two brothers and gamers that have been playing games since the early 1980s. Combined, they have over 65 years' experience. Join them each week as they discuss and rant about gaming and entertainment news. This is Generation X Gaming. Everybody and welcome back to another episode of Generation X Gaming. I am your host, Thirty and Still Gaming. Joining me each and every single week is Sarge McCluskey, and joining us as always, like the always here when he's you know when he's not on his show, he's always here. So, say no to rage. How's it going, man? Great, dude. Thanks so much for having me. I'm a little raspy, but and I'm glad. Holy to be here. cow! Is that your voice, that dude? Voice, that's, 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 I am not using a voice modulator. That is really me. That's <laughs> sexy, dude. That is sexy. Uh, those of you that don't know what Generation X Gaming is, uh, it's a weekly podcast that goes over a few of the top stories from the past week with rants along the way, and there's plenty of rants. Now, we're having a little technical issues. You're going to see a little flickering on, uh, on Lono's side of the screen, so you don't need to tell me that in, in chat. I know. It's there. Um, so on today's show, what we're going to do is we're going to talk about games that we've played in the past week. We've been off for like, God, I think it's like three weeks now. I, went, I, was, I was on vacation. We had a hurricane. Been, it's been a pack twitchcon yeah and we had twitchcon so it's it it's been a long long time since we've been on so this is episode 60 uh we're live right now on facebook live also uh on twitch you can also um uh watch us after the fact on youtube and listen to us on itunes uh, so appreciate everyone that came out and is here and uh we're also going to talk about gears of war because uh lono's uh played that so we're going to show some footage of that later so, um, how you been, Lono? How's it been going, man? I know, uh, real quick, let's just talk about what happened at TwitchCon with this giant bomb of, hey, everybody, you get uh, free subs, free subs for everybody. Like, Amazon became Oprah, and uh, so how's it going on your end uh, with that? Um, yeah, I mean, it's been incredible. I told a lot of people that <clears throat> this is a win-win-win. You usually say just win-win twice, but it's three wins because... People are like, well, is Amazon just being money hungry? They're just trying to get people you know, to do more Amazon Prime. And I said, well, look, this is essentially a marketing plan from Amazon, and I always refer to this as sticky marketing. Right. So when you have a cable company that keeps pestering you to get a home phone, they're doing that because market research shows that the more services you have with one company, the less likely you are to switch. Right. And that's essentially that's what this is, is they're giving more value and they're giving more quality to the people who are paying for Amazon Prime. It's 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 like a no-brainer. It really is a yeah. no-brainer. And it so and it benefits the consumer because any consumer that's already paying for Amazon Prime just gets this automatically. They get no ads on Twitch. They get one free sub a month and it benefits streamers. My sub count has almost doubled. Now I know that's not very solvent because they don't auto renew. Right. So everybody's anticipating a big drop off, but there's two sides to the coin. There's always going to be a really good pool of people with Twitch Prime that can be like, hey, I like this guy. Let me throw him a sub this month. Right. Um, if you're currently paying for Turbo and one sub, right, it's actually cheaper to cancel Turbo and that sub right. and use Amazon Prime because one right. one sub with Turbo is like 13 bucks a month. Prime is $11 a month or less if you pay for the whole year. 
I mean, you get two to free two day shipping. You can stream movies, TV shows, music. You get, you know, you get all the great stuff on prime and then you get what you basically were already paying for on Twitch anyway, which is no ads, extra emotes and one sub. Right. Well, if you sub to somebody, it's 60 bucks, right? If you, for the whole year, it's $60 for you just to sub to that person. Right. And then Mm -hmm, on top of that, if mm -hmm. you're doing, if you're, if you're happen to be one of those people doing Twitch, uh, prime or not prime, I'm sorry. Um, turbo. All right. Mm -hmm. It's an additional, is it 10 bucks a month? Right. Turbo is like eight bucks a month. Okay, so eight bucks a month. So it's an additional like uh, was it ninety dollars or ninety six dollars almost, right? So uh, you're saving a fortune there now because now the mm-hmm. turbo is already included into the Twitch Prime, and now you're getting a free sub. So it's sixty bucks to do sub to your favorite streamer. Fantastic, mm-hmm. fantastic. Yeah. Um, well, and I mean, it helps stream, but partnered streamers can rest a little bit easy now. Obviously. Some people have said, you know, don't go buy a boat, don't change your lifestyle right. because these aren't, these are not, you know, the same. It's not the same because everybody knows auto renew is great because some people forget and they're like, oh, I don't care. I like the person anyway. Right. Um, and that just keeps the pool a little bit more full. But at the same time, it's just, I'm hitting numbers as a, as a only six month partnered sub like person that I wasn't even anticipating hitting until like middle of next year. That right. climb from 500s to the 1,000 mark is just brutal. And the fact that I'm within reach of it already, uh, it, the, the, I, I can't even I believe I'm actually saying that. It's just very cool that they did this. I hope it sticks and I hope it stays. I think Amazon is brilliant. They're very forward thinking. And that's why when they bought Twitch, that was it made it easy for me to really invest right, and dig right. in with this, with this uh, landscape and this medium because Amazon – uh, is probably the most forward-thinking company on the web right now. No, it's. I think it's the fourth <clears throat> largest uh, website being used right now. I believe it's Google, YouTube, um, Twitter, and and uh, and and Twitch. I believe. I believe that's the <laughs> top four. And that'll change with time because oh, they're going to yeah. start putting more things on Twitch. Gaming, everyone's worried. Oh, they're they're putting political stuff on there. They're don't going where it. the ad revenue right? is. But don't watch it, right? It's like if if right. you're a political person uh, and maybe you don't watch TV and they're like, well, people are not watching TV anymore, right? So how do we still mm-hmm. get these people to watch us when we're not on basic cable? Or, you know, they're not watching basic cable anymore. So there's your option, right? The people that hate it, just don't watch it. Turn the channel just like you would if you were on the actual television well, and how many millions of people are going to turn in for some tune in for something like that, and then be like, "Oh wait, I know that I've I've heard of this video game. I can watch people play video games. Oh cool! Like you're increasing the potential viewership of every single streamer. Right. So why? I mean, I get it. Everyone's so like scared of politics, especially this year, because it's just it's a bit of a circus show. Right. And I, so I get that fear. It's comedic gold. Right, but I don't think it's going to bleed over into your channels. I really don't. If 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 you could get a potential, you know, rotating door of of an extra thousand people a week, yeah, there might be ten losers in there that are going to say dumb stuff. Just ban them. Those losers right. show up anyway. Right, right. Yeah. So I, there's a lot of lot of stuff that's coming out um, recently, which I'm not doing right now during the show because my computer would have a conniption. But because uh, we're doing Facebook Live and we're doing Twitch, I've been streaming on Beam for the last week. And I really like Beam, some of the stuff they're doing, and I'm hoping that Twitch sees what they're doing and then just implements it over on Twitch so I don't actually have to stream on both things, right? So what Beam is doing is the latency is fantastic, right? It's like a 0.02 delay, uh, latency, of obviously based on your on your internet uh, speed provider. Um, but also what they're doing is if you're a streamer, then you can actually – oh, my son's in the room uh, – so if you're a streamer, um, you can actually 
purchase your own quality options. Um, just let them in, in here now. So uh, you can purchase your own quality options for your stream. So people can come in, get quality options for being not partnered, which is fantastic. Now, I know Twitch is doing that now. I know at TwitchCon they announced in the next month or so, they're going to do it times two. So I think they're doing about 5,000 people, um, non-partnered streamers right off the bat. And then in the next coming months, they're doing times 10. So like there's going to be a tremendous amount of quality options out there. Uh, the other day, someone told me that I actually hit quality options when we were streaming at night, which I was like, hey, you know, kudos, you know, that's that's awesome. On, 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 on Twitch? Twitch? On Twitch, yeah. That's, dude, that's dope. So, I don't know if, if it was a, you know, a fluke or not, but it, it was there. So, I thought that was pretty cool. So, I, I really like that other companies are out there to push Twitch to, to get better. There's a lot of cool stuff that Beam is doing, but Twitch does better. The community is better. The search engine is better. Everything that you can do on, on Twitch is much better. But on Beam's side, the way it looks on their screen is they have upcoming streamers and uh, popular streamers, but they're not in any order by views, right? Or in alphabetical order. They're just literally tossed up there randomly, right? Mm -hmm. And so you have to, mm -hmm. like, scroll down the list and see if you like somebody or not like somebody, which I thought was mm -hmm. pretty pretty cool that they could uh comment on twitch instead of going oh uh you know uh star uh spotlight or whatever they just put random mm -hmm. list of of people from any directory anywhere just up there to see oh that's new I'll, I'll i'll click on that i was actually talking about this with some guys in the dm today what's really interesting is that destiny directory is kind of already doing this on our own unintentionally right. Right. with auto with auto hosting so I've been noticing smaller streamers keep showing up in the top five in the directory early in the day, usually right. when it's not quite as competitive. And a lot of them are friends with or just have gotten the good graces of a bigger streamer who's put them on auto host. So if directories are intentional here, we don't even need that. I mean, I, I think that's coming. I think Twitch is going to start to do like up and comer like they're what they're doing with the creative directory. But if we're very intentional about this, especially in the Destiny directory, because we are so thoughtful about helping other people, especially streamers that are a little bit smaller in size, we can really start to be, and I already have been very intentional with my auto host, and I already saw it tonight before we went live, helping a streamer from my stream team, giving him you know 40 or 50 extra right, views. Right. That's fantastic for somebody who's trying to grow. Yeah, no, it's, it's, it's fantastic. All right, so moving on from the from what Twitch did, I mean, there's a bunch of lists that, that <clears throat> Twitch did. We could talk about that for a whole show in general. What what Twitch has done in the last uh, two weeks from from TwitchCon, um, obviously the biggest thing is the actual subprimes, which is no matter what partner streamer you go into, it's just just constant. Hey, thanks for your subprime. Thanks, the, thanks, for, thanks for your subprime. So, mm -hmm. um, or Twitch Prime. I, I'm sick, so my brain's not uh, too too well. <laughs> it's fine. Um, so, I'm not sick. Right. He's the only one. Two of the three of us are, are not feeling uh, up to par here. So um, going into, it's been a couple of weeks. Um, what have you been playing, Sarge? We'll, go, we'll start with you. What games have you been playing the last uh, two, three weeks since we've been in the last show? Well, actually, it's been a laser focus type of thing. I haven't really been bouncing around a lot. Uh, I've been playing, uh, I went back into playing Fallout 4, the new DLC. Uh I, I'm just a I'm a sucker for Bethesda. I'm a sucker for this game. Uh, the fact that you have a whole new area to explore and find the new weapons and uh, get one of these little quests to find out what the, what the story is with the raiders is all very interesting. I I, I enjoy the entire universe. Right. Uh, I'm playing the crap out of that. Uh, of course, grinding Destiny into oblivion. 
I've, I've, I've streamlined my grinding techniques since the last two DLCs. Right. And so I, I don't feel as overwhelmed this time as I do before. But then again, of course, they made it a little bit easier. We'll get into that later. Um, and then that mobile game, that Transformer game. Oh, I, have, uh, I haven't played I, that. I've been playing this a while. I've been with a good group. I got some new bots every week. I'm getting new bots, uh, and, and it's it's a, it's a little challenging, but it's you know it's it's busy work stuff. It's not like a real st- full blown strategy game, right? Right. But it's nostalgic for me. I love Generation One Transformers, and I can't get enough of them. Um, and I'm always at war with my Star Wars Clash of Clans, uh, the uh, Force Commander. Yeah, I've been at war. My my the leader of my clan is a warmonger, and as soon as a war ends, he starts another one up. So like I'm constantly at war. It's nerve wracking. Yeah, yeah, it's nerve wracking. Well, but but I've but I've exponentially grew. You know how it takes Clash of Clans and things like that. It takes like months to upgrade. Months. Right. And now I'm doing it in weeks because you we, we just keep winning, so we keep getting all this extra income. Right. Right. But uh, yeah, those seems to be only like two or three games I've been playing a lot of because I've been working a lot, but. You know, it's nice to just plug in, turn the lights off, put the headset on, and just zone out. And the two universes I love is Destiny and and, and post-apocalyptic Fallout. Right. So we'll we'll talk about Destiny later because Sarge's got a list. I mean, pages of uh, of stuff to talk about. And I feel like I should be at the bottom of the screen. I should have Lona on one shoulder and and Sarge on the other because one is going to be like like praising it a little bit, and the other one's going to be like talking uh, a little bit down about it. But uh, it's going to be good. It's, it's, be good this is why we have you know to rage and, and sorry yeah, that's why show. lono's here yeah 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 keep 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 them in line a little bit so uh what have you been playing lono i i played nuka world and didn't actually get too deep into it uh <clears throat> i was using it for like the maintenance days because before rise came out man there was so much maintenance and they were long windows i did not like nuka world that much i th- the aesthetic was fantastic but there was a linearness that was missing. I didn't feel like I was moving in a direction. I felt very lost and kind of confused a lot, which was bizarre because up until that point, there was a very intentionality and a there was a freedom mixed with sort of a direction in Fallout before this before this DLC. And so it really it really uh, sort of desynced me from the game. Like Far right. Harbor. I loved Far Harbor. I thought it was it was a really cool aesthetic. It was a really cool feel, but it was also very straightforward. I knew what I was doing. I knew what I was working on. Nuka World really lacked that, and I was like, it was unfortunate because the aesthetic was awesome. It looked so cool. It had such an amazing. This is probably sort of the crowning like feel and 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 I don't know. I guess aesthetic for Fallout. It right. like kind of arrived. It kind of arrived as a game without mods, without anybody else. So I like that. I just wish it could have been a little bit more intentional with like the the linear movement. Um obviously Rise of Iron just like a madman every day. You know, with raids <laughs> right. on both systems. Uh I'm I'm closing in on 80, already 80 like raid clears or something like that. Um and so Oh, and Gears. I played Gears uh, for about three hours on Sunday. Oh, gotta hear about Gears. I yeah. hear about Gears. So Gears 4, I liked all the previous Gears games. I thought the campaigns were always very fun, very accessible, but just satisfying. It has that satisfying gameplay. I never got into PvP. It was always a nightmare. Um, you know, the earlier games always had a huge advantage for host. And then I felt like all I ever did was get just killed by a guy doing a somersault, and then he'd shotgun me. And I was right. like, this is dumb. I enjoyed beast mode the most out of any mode in a Gears game until now. Horde is okay, but it doesn't appeal to me. I don't like getting really far, and then is, somebody's like, 
oh, is, there's somebody at the door, and then you fail and have to, like, start over. Is Beast Mode, did you play it on day one or day two? When did you play it? I don't remember. I just remember enjoying playing as a boomer. I thought it was so fun. Like, it, it was also easier to complete a round of beast mode you it was like it was only like five or seven rounds to win or just lose either way there was a conclusion so i i don't think beast mode is in gears four um so i didn't check out the pvp 30 minutes in i was like guys this thing is dragging like what is this this is boring like what and they were like it gets better it gets better and it really does it it when they bring back obviously this is not a spoiler they show this in trailers when marcus comes back from that point on <laughs> <clears throat> From that point on, the game just gets amazing. They've entered. They, they've introduced some pretty new mechanics, some good, some good weapons. The the enemies that you're fighting against, and I won't get into it, but the enemies you're fighting against create a lot of different dynamics that weren't present in previous Gears games. So the way you're engaging in combat does feel fresh. This is hard for established franchises. This right. is really hard because if they depart too much then everyone's like oh, it's not gears if they if they dial it in too much then everyone's like it's the same old same old i believe they've struck the balance of being true to the genre but giving us lots of new cool stuff to do um now people say you know you get a couple hours in and it gets repetitive and i'm like look you can't reinvent the wheel every two hours of gameplay so yes it's going to get into a rhythm that feels familiar and that's totally fine that's the only way you can really crank up the difficulty in a game anyway right you got to keep it familiar and accessible and then start making it more difficult and yeah it'll feel repetitive in that vein um so I'm actually anxious to jump back in it looks it looks beautiful it's a beautiful game i think the pacing what they were trying to probably do is be accessible to new people to the genre. And then people who love gears will put up with it. And then once it starts to kick up, they're very satisfied. Right. Cause as soon as it starts to kick up, it's so nostalgic as a longtime gears player and new players will feel like they didn't get their head beat in right away. It takes a minute to get going. Fair. I That's mean, good. I've been watching a lot of people play it because I am not going to be picking it up. Um, but I'm a fan of the Gears series but I'll get it, like, down the road, you know, like, when it's on sale, when it's, you know, maybe I'll, I'll play a kind of a Gears through the whole thing type thing. But uh, for me, it's not a game to get right now because there's so many games coming out at the end of the year. And I know this is just a short play. I'd rather play a game that has more of a, like, Battlefield 1. Here, I have a special guest for you. There you go, buddy. Yeah, say hi to everybody. Can you say hey, hi? buddy. He doesn't want to go to bed, so oh, he's of course not. It's yeah. the worst time of day. Worst time of day. <laughs> well, I, see, I I always enjoyed the Gear series, but three kind of lost me because it, it just I think it was I was spent after mm -hmm. playing after mm -hmm. playing the first two. I was like, I get it, I get it, but it's it's very hard to keep a franchise like that fresh. It's yep. just hard. Okay. Mm -hmm. Halo made it look easy, okay? But, of course, Halo had its own issues as well. Because once the studios changed and they continued on with the series, it kind of lost a little bit of a fan base. It wasn't the same dynamics. But the story and the underlying was there, so you kind of, like, held on. You wanted to see where they were going to go with it. With Gears, it didn't have the same kind of punch as Halo did with Bungie, but it, it still had a really massive following. Like, the game was solid. And by the time we got to four, I was like, okay, I don't, unless, I don't, like, like you said, they, they don't have to reinvent the wheel, but something else has got to give. They mm -hmm. got to do something to re uh, 
innovate the game. Otherwise, mm-hmm. I, I just I can't. It's not a grab off the shelf first day type of thing for me. Like I get it, I love right. the story, but it just wasn't grabbing me. Yeah. So I'm glad well, to see. I'm glad to see it was good though. If you're right. enjoying it, then I might I might actually like picking it up then. Charge, do you have anything you know? else running on your computer right now? That's because uh, your Skype is is. Ah, oh, my Skype is choppy. All right, let's see what else. I, can I know it's down. not my end because. No one yeah, else is your audio is yeah. fine, but your video your video is skipping chopping, quite a yeah. bit. Yeah, the the funny thing is, is the new enemies were a source of my criticism because like these guys are kind of boring to fight against, and then they become sort of the source of the freshness and the new dynamics. So that it really injects the game with something that doesn't feel like, dude, I've done this a million times. I've shot this type of enemy a thousand times. It does not feel that way. Right. And the pre- and the the pressure that it puts on you as a player, you do really feel like you've got to adapt. And that's one thing I like about a game. I like when I feel like my choices impacted the mission being successful too many games feel like they're almost on rails and you're like everybody's having the same experience we're all shooting the same guys in the same way this does not feel that way right it's just the order that you do it in really right the freedom here is good the freedom of choice and the way to engage is great and co-op is probably going to be a blast for people that like co-op because those choices in flanking you got a lot of room in a lot of the, the engagements and it's really fun i think well, that's good. That's good because that's always that's always a challenge. How do you get it to get the single player game to 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 function the same way as a co op would? Right. I mean, because otherwise, it, or is it just ramped up, or is it? Oh, now it's more tactical because flanking does matter. Because without the without the co op, I would have been overrun. But with co op, mm-hmm. I can plan better. Right. There were numerous times where I thought, oh, I wish I had somebody with me because I I felt pinned down, like I wanted somebody to help flank. So I think that's good. I think that's a good pressure to feel like. I, I like a game that kind of funnels you to wanting to play with other people, but doesn't feel like you're unable to play by yourself. It's got a good balance in that. I was playing on normal, and it, I was dying because if I didn't make right decisions, I was getting overwhelmed. I have a question. Is the NPC, or I should say the AI, your your partners in crime, okay, are they dumb or are they smart? Because in the past... They're pretty dumb. <laughs> okay, because in the past, I knew when you got knocked down, they wouldn't pick you up. I heard Oh, that... no, they're good. At, they're very good at that. So now they do pick you up, so they're smarter. They're just mm-hmm. they're still dumb. Yeah, but they yeah, when but it comes they, to combat, they they're just getting in the way. Stupid, right? Don't they jump in a little too early? You're still being fired on. They're trying to pick you up and then they die. Like, is it is it getting to be like that or no? They actually wait for clearing. Oh, no, they they were beelining to me. Like they right. were making very bad decisions, but they got me up. So I didn't care. Right. right. <laughs> <laughs> See, this is going to be an, uh, actually. The, the, I, I like the way this is kind of opening up because I, I've got a question to ask. How do you feel the difference between, even though you know a game? This is a, this is this is a tough question to answer. Even though you know a game is repetitive, and we say this, we say this a lot. You're not, you're not certain, leading this up to a, something. No, no, no. Okay. No, this, like, this, but this will come later. This will come later uh, as well. Like, this is going like to come later as well. Roll. The same. No, the same thing will happen later on. The, the, it'll come up again. Is how do you how do you feel the, the the transition between calling something actually repetitive, and it's just part of the game, and you and you just act you just um, uh, acclimate to it. You're just not right, right. Succumbing to the fact that I'm doing the same thing over and over again. But but the answer is you're doing the same thing over and over again anyway. It's how they it's how they allow you to do it. What in the game is what what actions are you taking in the game? Even though you're killing the same guy over and over again. But you're doing it in a different way. What? How do you know the difference between this game is too repetitive and I'm just doing the same thing over and over again, but I'm having fun with it? Like, where's that line? I think where's the line yeah. where you think that you're doing it? You're, you're the overdone. The difference is the same action. Well, the difference is with a game like this, there's a story, right? Once you're done with the story, you're done, and then you play PvP. Where if it's a game like 
our, our stripper girlfriend Destiny, right? Or a, a Borderlands or a World of Warcraft where it's an open world game, right? And mm -hmm. you can go wherever you want and do and you're not really on rails. I think that's what separates where it's repetitive and it gets boring and where it's repetitive and you can keep doing the same stuff, right? Because mm -hmm. in the Gears of War, if you could do the same thing over and over and over, you're still going down the same path and you're still doing the same thing because these guys are coming out the same door where in Destiny or Borderlands, yeah, they still come out of the same cave. They still come out of this thing, but you can go wherever you want in that world and it changes right. it, right? So that, I think that's what makes breaks up the repetitiveness in my opinion. Yeah. I, well, I think there's three categories. I think <clears throat> I think there is linear, which is when you have a campaign. I think there is uh, repeat linear, which is what Borderlands or Diablo would be. It's linear, but the value's in the repeat. You replay it. And then there's loop. Destiny is a loop. It's a loop-style game. You're looping back through it over right. and over again, and you're grinding it. And so I think you have to accept the game as it is. Like, Destiny is a loop game. And so if you try to make Destiny feel like a linear game, people that want a linear game with great story and this this progression, the progression is so thin and tenuous and slow. If you think about the amount of story that we've gotten over two years, you're going to be very unsatisfied. If you go and play Gears and you're wanting a loop of a game, a, a grinder where you're kind of leveling up and feeling like you're slowly getting stuff, you're going to be unsatisfied. And I think that's a problem with gamers is that they approach a game and they don't accept it for what it is, and then they criticize it as if it should be something else. And the example I always give is, in a, is, is hyperbolic, but I say, would you buy Tomb Raider and be like, you know what, the lack of co-op really just killed right. this game. It's terrible. Well, they've never said they're a co-op game. They've never established or built their identity around being a co-op game, so you're criticizing it against the backdrop of something it's never intended to be. So with Gears, I think it is repetitive, but – like any game, Assassin's Creed, any game that's linear, as you're leveling up or advancing or becoming better at it, you feel like you've improved enough to meet the new challenges and difficulties. That's empowering and satisfying as a player, even though you're basically doing the same thing you did in the beginning. It's just against harder enemies. Right. That's unavoidable. I don't think you can play any game, even some of the best games we've ever played. Right. That's what you do. Even in Skyrim, one of the most like praised games, it's like it's oh, there's so much freedom and it's so big. Be honest, you're doing the same thing over and over again in right. different areas, but because you're advancing, leveling up, getting new abilities, and those new abilities and your skills land on the new challenges, you feel awesome, and that's why it's satisfying. Well, I think we'll we'll talk about that in Destiny uh, a little later because I I think Destiny is like that, but at the same time, it's missing something and. They, what they need to do later to fix it. Um, anything else that you've been playing besides uh, Gears and uh, and Destiny? I'm trying to think if I played. I really wanted to play ReCore. Um, oh Cuphead. yeah, I, I, I totally forgot about it. Yeah, I, I really want to play it. I heard good things. I heard load time. I heard it was beleaguered by things you would not expect, like load times and stuff. Like what? I mean, I don't. <laughs> I, I'm trying to think if I played anything else that was really amazing. I, I you know, I'd always bail to the Fallout DLC for maintenance, um, and you know, Uncharted Four and Doom were my some of my favorite games this year. I don't know if we ever talked about those. Those were amazing. Uh, we never get around to talking about Doom. Oh, Doom's fantastic. Neither one of us have actually played it. That's why. I, well, I, I, I'll take that back. I played the original Dooms. Oh, man, I, the single I player watched, was so good. I watched a lot of people play Doom. I thought, like I said, before the game even came out, I said the, the single player 
uh, to me was was great. I thought it would be great, right? But I said the PvP to me was lackluster of, of far as... Now, I could be wrong. Maybe I'm sure there's people that love the PvP and you know still play it to this day nonstop. But for me, I was just like, eh, that's not what's going to hold this game. What's going to hold this game is like speed running through the single player mm -hmm. once once people mm -hmm. do it. And that's what's, that's what's happening. Yeah, one of the best... Sing one of the best shooters, one of the best single player games I have ever played. Graphics, the fun, the intensity, the music. I would finish an encounter and I would take a deep breath and I would be like, This game is awesome. Like the music, you feel so awesome after you beat an encounter because it's hard. You're moving, you're constantly running around. The the PvP, the it it could have been so good there were satisfying parts about it right but then there were so many things about it that that worked against you having a satisfying time that it's like i i feel like i'm really working against an old genre that hasn't really come forward it was it was like classic quake i grew up i cut my teeth as a as playing a shooter like quake yep. 3 and then rocket arena i was in a clan like that's where this fell but it just didn't it wasn't and B Dobbins claimed nobody likes Quake's, you know, multiplayer because it's too hard. That's an oversimplification. I'm sorry, right. I said Quake, Doom. Doom. That's an oversimplification. B Dobbins is a brilliant guy, but he tends to oversimplify things and just reduce them down into his claims. And I, it was not because it was too hard. There was a lot wrong with it that made it feel unsatisfying and like you weren't contributing to anything, just blowing somebody up and then getting blown up. It was just very it felt very superfluous. Like, what am I even doing? Yeah, I, I like I said, I, I thought it, it was another game that I said that looked great, looked fantastic, but it's out of my out of my budget as far as what games to get. Like, there's a lot of great games out there, but there's great games that you want to play like now. And there's great games that you're like, hey, you know what? I can play that later. Right. Because I'm not going to play the PvP. Right. And I can play that single story uh, mission anytime down the road and it'll still be just as good. Then oh, it's, as it is, it's so right? good. So, um, so you, you mentioned Cuphead. Is Cuphead out? It I got. I was actually saying, uh, unfortunately, that has been delayed yeah, into the middle okay. of next year. It which looks so good. It looks. So they're they're avoid. I you know the my honest opinion here. They're avoiding what's about to happen, which is there's a bunch of titles coming out they won't compete with. Right. Um. So they're making a smart move. They're gonna they're gonna slate themselves in a content drought and hopefully do very well. Um. I was gonna play We Happy Few, but the reviews and feedback were so bad because it was in a pre. It's a preview. I don't it's even know. I don't program. know what you call preview, which I guess is pre-alpha. It had all kind of bugs. Yeah. So I steer. I stayed away from it. I didn't want to. Uh, my stream time is so valuable. I couldn't. Like, I couldn't well, play a game that was yourself. gonna be problematic. You yeah, don't want right. to taint yourself and make it look a bad a bad outlook for the game before right. you're getting. You know, don't bother. Let it, let it, let it finish. Let it finish cooking, and then let take it out of the oven. Right. Yeah, it's uh, it looks, it looks phenomenal, right? We happy few. Uh, I watched K Magic play it when he was playing it, and I also watched Co Carnage play it. Um, there is a lot wrong with it, but at the same time, when you're in a pre, like a pre preview of a of a game, it's like the game they gave a small section of that game, and what that game is is an open world game, which you really don't get when you're playing it in the small preview program that they have for you. And it's, uh, there's lack of features right now. So once they actually go into like beta or whatever you want to call it, where they actually put closer to the actual release date of the actual full game, I think that game will be a lot better. But it's sad though, which is the, the sad part about doing a preview program, right? First impressions, mm -hmm. 
uh, yep. stops people from from going. Hey, you know what? This is a great game or not a good game. Yeah. So well, that reminds me, I played the Titanfall two beta, or whatever it was called, and yeah, I'm. Am I muted or can you? No, no. No, I'm, I'm <laughs> eagerly awaiting. Yeah, oh. I want to hear. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I want to hear. Um, in my estimation, this game is going to be a huge departure from the first title, and will probably leave many people unsatisfied who really liked it. Now, the really high-skilled guys that are going in and wrecking face, they love it because they're having an amazing time. Your experience right. is very much related to that. If you're having a bad time, all of the things wrong with it are very apparent. Uh, and so now, to their credit, ev literally everything I said in my criticism day one where people were like, oh, you're just being negative, literally word for word they were like we're fixing this 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 and this like everything i said i was like you guys are going to start to believe me that i'm not just complaining like i'm making actual criticisms right. here right uh so hopefully they can make some of those changes and the maps open up a bit and it feels more like the original titanfall because i was very unsatisfied now i'm anxious to play the campaign because I'm, I'm, I'm really anxious to see what they do with that. Because I, I love the way the game feels and looks. I really do. Respawn is brilliant. These are the original guys from Call of Duty. They know what they're doing. Unfortunately, when you go to two platforms and have a bigger budget, the publisher might say, yo, you need to make this like Call of Duty. Because that's how, that's how you sell. And I said that when I saw the first trailer. I said, wow, they just showed like nine kills in a row that were one-hit kills. Right. That's the kind of TTK, time to kill, that's the kind of TTK from Call of Duty that makes it so abysmal. Like, the first Titanfall had so much had, had so much panache, it had this charm, and that kind of gameplay does not have charm. It's boring and it's a meat grinder. I, I played it at uh, TwitchCon. They had a whole huge section for Titanfall 2, and it was like, it was still, it, I, I, I would assume it was, it was different than what I played in the, in the, uh, the Alpha or the tech test, whatever you want to call it. Um, but still, I was just like, uh, this game is not is not going to make it. I mean, Battlefield right. 1's coming out before it, then it's coming out, and then Call of Duty's coming out. And I know everyone's this is, like... This is going to be so bizarre. Yeah, it's going to be so I know so everyone's bizarre. saying that Call of Duty is on its way out, but at the same time, there's going to be... And million people that buy it and play it, and you know what I mean. It's just not more. Pe more people will play and stream the old one right. that's coming with. Right, right. It, I guarantee it. Well, there's already people playing uh, the, the old <laughs> yeah. one. You know, so I, I don't know. When everybody everybody said Titanfall two, that was just a tech test. I was like, none of my criticisms were about right. bugs. Was, was about people. bugs. Was about These the actual bugs. play of the game. Yeah, <laughs> when you felt, how the game is playing. Yeah, when you when I got into a mech, I was just like, this doesn't feel more powerful. I feel like this no. is. It, it was terrible. I was like, they were ner they were nerfed. You could get shot from everywhere. The yep. way the maps were designed, I was getting peppered the whole time. Yep. Uh, my my titan my titan was blowing up within like ten seconds of getting in it. Yep. I was like, I, I don't even know what I'm supposed to do. And right. I was doing the same thing. <laughs> right. As soon as somebody got in a titan, I was like, this yep. is easy. I'm not scared like, of you. They're right. so easy to take down. Exactly. It was it was it was a bad it was a bad tech test, right? And. I was a fan of Titanfall 2, but I didn't play it like you did or other other streamers did. Um, I played it, wasn't my cup of tea because it reminded me of Call of Duty so much, and I'm just so salty against Call of Duty. Uh, since Modern Warfare 2, I think, was one of the best games uh, created up until that point, and then after that, I felt like they just sold out, jumped shark, uh, and just put whatever analogy you want in there. Call of Duty has never been the same since Modern Warfare 2. That's why everyone's going to play the old one more than the new one, right? Because that's that's, in my opinion, it's the, it's and, the and, best. And the, and the most hilarious part about it is they'll know, right? Yep. They'll know if you're playing the old one over the new one, right? That, you that, know what they're going to do, right? 
you know what they're gonna do. I I I I do. But they're just gonna keep repackaging the old games with the new games. Like everybody wants World of War to come back. You know what they're gonna do? They're not gonna make a new World of War game. That would take too long. That's too hard to do. That takes innovation. That takes creativity, which they lack. So what are they gonna do? They're gonna crank out some other dumb futuristic probably black ops 4 with world at war remastered now fighting like, on oh mars right yeah. yeah you know you know in a world where call of duty never changes like that's all you're going to get <laughs> you should keep this voice i'm telling you this this voice is golden for you this yeah, is going to catapult it's going to catapult my career this is yeah, going to get so you over like 2000 subs this this voice <laughs> you, know, you know that guy mike the guy on the, on the radio that does the sports the sports uh news the guy who sounds just like that but he sounds worse than that he's like very scratchy yeah what what, i can't remember his name but he's getting close yeah he's he's getting scratchy we're both drinking tea my voice is and my my sinus my my brain right here feels so like feels like someone's punching me from the inside i don't know if you guys realize this but if your if your voice gets scratchy you can drink tea with honey and it's supposed to really help i don't know if you've ever heard of this before that's what i'm doing but i was told that a thousand times yesterday so i want to make sure you guys know Can you also that put that? Can you put that in chat just hot so I have it for later? For for later, hot <laughs> bodies, what you're what looking is, for. What is yeah. this? What is this stuff you call? Are you talking about bees vomit? Bees vomit? Yeah, yeah. yeah tea and honey, but yeah, it's yeah. the same thing. It's bees. Bees vomit's awesome in tea. Yeah. Uh, All right. So <laughs> what I've been playing, what I've been playing the last week, I just started yesterday. I played it uh, yesterday. Was the new Overwatch? Overwatch update came out yesterday. Um, you guys won't be able to get to see it, but they'll see it on stream. Um, Those only, Halloween skins looked cool. Yeah, there's only seven Halloween skins, right? They didn't give it all skins to everybody. But there's this new weekly um, weekly brawl that they brought out, and it's only here till November 1st. It's called uh, Junkstein's Revenge, or Junkenstein, um, and it's a horde mode. And what I think is great, and this is what Blizzard is so good at, right? They know Gears of War dropped on Tuesday, right? <laughs> and they're like, hey, we don't want our fans leaving to go play Gears, so let's take a horde mode and put it in our game just for two weeks because they know that's the span that people play a game and then move on, right? So here it is. Here's the Halloween update, and it's beautiful, and it's so well done. It's fun. It's hard. This is an easy mode, so I, I go through this pretty pretty, you know, pretty you know, fast. But you can pick either Soldier, McCree, uh, Anna, and um, what's, the, what's the last one? I forget the last one. Oh, Hanzo. Um, so there's only four characters you can pick, right? And it's a co-op, so you can't play with AI at all. It's just you and four, three other blueberries or a squad that you go in with. And it's just waves of waves of these robots. Now, the robots don't attack you. All they're trying to do is go for this door that's on the back end of it, right? And you're trying to protect this door for, I think it's like six minutes or seven minutes, whatever the, is, the, is, the whole, is the whole game, right? So it's just onslaught and onslaught of waves of, of, of people that come at you. You can level up pretty fast, and if you're a person that doesn't know how to use Hanzo or doesn't know how to use McCree, play this mode, and you'll get pretty damn good with them pretty fast. So it's especially good for Anna if you don't know how to use Anna very well. Um, so it's just onslaught, and then there's like mini bosses up until the end of the thing. So the first boss you play is Reaper. He looks like the headless horseman. He's got the pumpkin head, badass skins that they made for these. Then uh, the next one is Frankenstein, which is Roadhog. He looks like uh, Frankenstein. Then the next one is um, uh, Junkrat himself. He's he looks like Doctor Frankenstein, like the actual mad scientist. And then there's Mercy, who's a witch, right? And it goes into progression. And then like the last round, she comes in and like revives all the other bosses. So the last wave is you have to fight all the bosses plus an onslaught of robots. And it's just 
good old fun, man. It's really... I want to say that the hard mode in this is probably more difficult than a raid in Destiny. And I, I, I shit you not. Like, it's, it's fucking difficult. Um... It's just I was I was watching the footage. I wasn't like being rude and oh, checking yeah, yeah, Twitter. No, you're good. You're good. Yeah, because I I can't share my screen otherwise. You know. Yeah, I'm watching on I'm watching on Twitch. It looks fun. Yeah, it's it's a really good time. So here's junk. Um, here's Reaper. He he just teleports right in front of us, and he's so good looking. Like it, the skin and these guys know what they're doing at, at Blizzard, right? So they they put him on the front cover, right? They have this cool intro that he comes out of the coffin, and you're like, wow, that looks so good. If you want that skin, it's 3,000 coins, right? A normal legend, exotic skin is 1,000. This one's 3,000. It's only here for two weeks. There's almost impossible that you're going to have enough coin to get this skin unless you pay cash to get open up crates, which is, I mean, it's smart. I know it's a business, but, you know, it, they know what they're doing, right? They're like, this is the badass thing. Let's, let's market this guy. The fun mode, though, real fun mode. So if you if you left Overwatch and you want to come back, season two, I played the competitive mode, um, much better, less salt. Now with more, with less salt uh, during competitive uh, season two, because everyone's balanced. You can't have two of any character the same, so you can't have like six divas. You can't have six <laughs> tracers. You know what I mean? It's literally one of each character. Um, well, much well more balanced uh, throughout the actual season. And uh, they have a new ranking system, which I haven't done my first 10 games yet. I'm at, like, game six, um, and we're doing pretty good. So, yeah, it's it's fun. So if you if you missed out on Overwatch and you left, you might want to go back, download the update. It's like a 5-gig update uh, or 3-gig, something like that, and uh, it's a lot of fun. This is a good couple hours of fun right there. But see, I don't, I don't, I don't get mad at a company for for structuring that kind of microtransaction. Like that's the proper way of sales. That's the proper way of sales. Oh, yeah, I, I create something that's awesome. I give you a limited amount of time, and if you want it, you want it. If you don't want it, you don't have to get it. It's just one of those. It's a, what they call it the a FOMO. Your fear of missing out, right? I, I, right? I set it up, right? And whether you get it or not, and that's it. But. You could, you know, someone could just say, oh, this is fucking bullshit. I can't get 3,000 coins in the amount of time it takes to 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 play that game. You know, what's the most you can get in a week if you grind like a crazy person? Like, what, what can you get, 1,500? Um, Maybe? If you're, if, I mean, if you were crazy. Well, first, if I had no job. Come on. Well, you have to, if, if you win, it, let's just say you get maxed, maxed, uh, you, you destroy every team you play. Like, you're on the best team in the world. Every match maybe runs maybe five minutes to five minutes if you just own people okay you're only going up i would say maybe one eighth maybe two two eighths of a, of a of a bar every time you play if you're like badass maybe half a bar right so if you did that every time you do that the higher levels you get the more it the longer it takes to get crates right so if you happen to be at like level 98 99 and then you switch over to 100 technically you go back to one so one through ten you can get your crate's a lot faster. But once you hit, like, level 30 and on, it takes longer and longer to get a crate. So if you own everybody and you happen to be a low level or a high level flipping over, you can get more crates than someone that you know, is in the middle of, of the range. Like, right now I'm at 83, I think. There's no way I'm going to have enough because even if I open up a crate, a random crate, like an RNG crate, and it gives me maybe 1,000, you can get 1,000 coins at the, at the max, but 250, I think, is the lowest. 
So, and right, you, so would so would you say they structured it on purpose so people who don't play as much might start playing a little bit more because they no. know if they're on the lower levels they'll get more crates? Um, maybe, but if they they structured it in the way where if you play this, it's only out for two weeks. They want you to play this nonstop for two weeks, and then maybe you'll get the three thousand at the end of those two weeks if you're a person that's in the middle and you're just a casual type player. You know what I mean? They want you to come back. If you're a person that plays it nonstop, like I won't name names, but one of my mods uh, plays it like nonstop, uh, he or she may have like a character that's almost like level 300. Um, so you know what I mean. So if you play as much as uh, as them, they have a more of a potential of of having money already there to purchase on these crates. So then, so then, from a business standpoint, not 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 to be negative about this, but do you think that Overwatch did it on purpose to hurt the sales of Gears? Absolutely. You Absolutely. think that's the reason why they did that? Absolutely. Absolutely. Because every time they've come out with any kind of update, any major update that they've done is with a coinciding another AAA title that's about to come out. And they release it the exact same day. Absolutely. Because they want their they want their fans to stick with their game, which is, is brilliant marketing, right? Because if you're just getting bored, okay, and then all of a sudden you're like, ah, you know what, Overwatch is getting stale. I've been playing it nonstop. I have 200 hours into it. You're like, I'm going to go to another game. You might go to another game for like two days, and all of a sudden they go, hey, by the way, we just came out with a Halloween update, and it's got a cool-ass Reaper with a pumpkin head. And they're like, oh, shit, I got to go back over there. You know what I mean? So that's exactly what they did. And it's brilliant. It's brilliant. Mm. But yeah, I've been playing that. I played, um, <clears throat> I popped in earlier before the stream started, uh, Warframe. Now, I haven't played Warframe in six months. I did this update today. The game has completely, it's, it looks amazing. I mean, they changed the way the map is, the the, the schematics, the UI. Um, there's different, there's different uh, quests. You're talking about a massive on. update. You're talking about a massive update. Yeah, but they do this all the time. But this one's like a real. They might have updated this one like three months ago, and I just found it out today. So I could oh, be right. like talking, you know, whatever. But uh, when I put it in today, just to play it for about twenty minutes, I was just like, wow. I was like, this is a completely different game. Uh, look-wise and feel-wise, and now they're explaining things, the structure for the quests, like when you when you highlight something, it shows you like what quest you can you do, and once you do this one, it unlocks the next one, it kind of like shows you, sort of like what Destiny does, you know, like in the category of the quests, you know, you have step one through ten, um, it, it does stuff like that, so I'm interested in jumping back into that, um, what else have I been playing? Uh, I want to play Battlefield 1, and right now, if you guys want to play Battlefield 1, you can pay $5. Pay $5 and get an early access for 10 hours. $5 for 10 hours, okay? Um, and I don't know if it's 10 hours consecutively or gameplay. Um, you might want to look into it before you drop the 5 bucks for 10 hours of play because if you, it, it, once you start it, maybe it's just 10 hours and that's it. So maybe they want you to sit there and... Never leave your television for ten hours. So I don't. I don't know. <laughs> that, that I believe though. <laughs> I, I actually would believe that they say uh, five dollars for ten hours starting right, now. Right, go right, right. Not, not, you can't not actual game time. Right. Just ten hours. Here we go. Yeah. So there, there's that. Um, and other than that, I've been playing a lot of Destiny. And if uh, if nobody else has anything to talk about, I guess we can uh, we can move over to Destiny. Anybody else? Yeah, you're <clears throat> you're making me miss Overwatch. I had to stop playing it. It wasn't good for my stream. But I, yeah, if it's, I wasn't a streamer, I would have played it a lot. I would have played it a lot more than I did. I really enjoyed playing with the full team. Play it, play it off stream. Play it off. Stream. I know you don't have much off stream, but play it off. Have that full team. That's yeah. it's, stay with a game like that. You have a full team. It's still Rando fun playing. 
it's Rando's not even quick close though. experience with your team of buddies. Not even mm -hmm. close. Yep. Not even close. It's it's still fun playing quick play though. Quick play just by yourself going in there, um, because I use that time. I know there's a training in the game, but I use that time to get better at that character mm -hmm. that I'm playing. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? So. Yep. Um, all right. So now that we're gonna go over to Destiny, well, I have a new thing. Watch the logo in the center of the screen. Boom! There it is. It's Rise of Iron time. We're talking nothing but Rise of Iron. Rise of Iron here on Generation right, so, X Gaming. So we're we're gonna get into this, and and we're, I'm I'm not gonna go into a crazy rant like most of you think I am, because if I start going irate about it, hold no on one's gonna one believe second. what I'm actually saying. Hold is on, fact. before you, before you continue, it's gonna be just me ranting. Okay, hold on, before you continue. I literally have no idea what Sarge is about to bring up. So he's going to go through a bunch of stuff, and then me and Lono will reply, rebuttal, or whatever uh, that Sarge has to talk about. Yeah. Oh, but I, 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 I'm going to... Uh, before we start, let me let me tell you my standpoint here. Uh, I'm as addicted to the game as anybody else. So let's let's leave it at that. I, I love the game. I do. I said, but... At, How many at hours do you have, man? If you don't yeah, have more than 2,000, you're a, you're a casual. Yeah, I can pretty much. I'll find the hours <laughs> for you. Like, my stance tonight is to show that at this point, it's either shit or get out the bed. That's it. It's not any more about what you think may or may not happen. This is the last DLC before the new game. Whatever you believe may or may not come out in the springtime will be nothing compared to what you're playing right now. It'll be a token thing. It won't be like this. So this is the last one. This is the last big hurrah. So. What we're going to go into today is about everything up to now, and including Rise of Iron for most part of it. And we're going to analyze it a little bit, and I'm going to shit on it a little bit because I, at this point, I had enough. Well, not really I had shit enough. on it, right? I think you're just uh, taking it's, it from it's the... Little, it's a little turd, a little turd on it. And right. uh, I, I'm going to set my two-minute timer, and then uh, after I make some <laughs> points, we're going to we're going to rebuttal a little bit here, okay? So the first thing we need to discuss about this game, how much we love it so much, is that the fact that it's an, it's an addiction. It's not a, an enjoyable game that we play anymore. It's an actual addiction. And if you don't believe that you're addicted to this game, try talking to somebody about it, like I'm about to, and see how much hate comes up on the screen. Nobody, nobody who hates a game that much would continue to play it right. if you really hated it that much. You love it, and you can't stop, okay? So now, between the psychological evaluations between IGN, the Reddit file, and Glitch Time Gaming that I, re I reviewed over the last couple days, the psychology behind the game is amazing. What they did in order to keep us all coming back was done beautifully, okay? The game is fantastic. As far as Rise of Iron is concerned, the good, the bad, and the ugly is as follows. Did they give us a new area to explore? Absolutely. Right. Okay. Did they give us a new enemy to fight? Kind of. Yes. For the most part, yes, you have a new enemy to fight, but really it's a reskinned of an old enemy. And we all understand why you do things like this because of time constraints and what needs to be done to invent a new, uh, new enemy. Okay. Uh, did they bring back guns that we missed out on? Uh, absolutely, they needed to do that because uh, otherwise we were starting to lose interest. You had to bring back the badass guns that you got rid of because that was my candy. So you had to give that back to me. Uh, uh, did we get a new story? Uh, for those of you that actually believe you got a new story, here's a pillow, take a nap, okay? <laughs> I, have not gotten, I have not gotten a complete story from this game since the beginning, and this is no different. They leave code, they leave cliffhangers or they leave holes and they just drop it and they never come back to it again. Okay. What happened to the stranger? Nobody cares. 
what happened to uh, the the uh, Oryx when uh, uh, Eris picked up Eris picked up the sword? We got no follow up to that. Just dropped and forgotten about. Now we're going to talk about the Siva virus. We're going to talk about it for a little while, and then once again, it's going to be dropped and never talked about again. There's never any closure to this epic tale that we play. It is forever a game of grinding and bragging about how you looked. And I think at this point, they should be something else for us to do besides grind and look pretty. Okay. So with that being said, the new bounties were good. They were a little innovative. I like the fact that you have to hunt down some guy and then get the badass axe. Does anyone not like that badass axe? Right. Okay. That is supposed to make you feel like you're fucking legendary. That win. You win. You made me feel like a badass when the axe comes on the screen. Do we get to However it? temporary it is. I got 39. Uh, however temporary <laughs> it is, okay, it looks amazing. It makes you feel badass, okay? However, once again, once the, once, once the, the new car smell is done, what are you left with? What am I really doing with the game other than the same stuff? And we're going to go back to the repetitiveness. This is true repetitiveness. And, I, and once again, I, I will tell you this. I love killing things. I just, just, the way they do it in the game is just amazing. So you guys may have your rebuttal now. My two minutes is up. You, you can go first, Lono, because you're the guest. Go ahead. <clears throat> well, I mean, I think I've actually made some similar criticisms. I mean, in my review of the content, I said I felt like the SIVA really missed the mark in some ways because th they're supposed to be these – technologically you know advanced they're supposed to be you know it turning into machine gods and you don't really get that sense until you get into the raid when you're just going through the five story missions the criticism i made was i feel like they should have moved quicker or maybe latched onto walls and crawled on them like xenomorphs or had really high jumps to like put pressure on me because that's one great thing about the raid is there's this pressure you're like oh my gosh you're in a battle and the five story missions don't feel like you're in a battle. Now, I will say the Kavastov mission was fantastic, the way that it ended. The nostalgia there, I think, was very, very cool. That was probably one of the most beautiful scenes in the game. The ghost does his little speech, and I was like, I this is amazing. I still haven't seen it. This is amazing. Okay, well, I've not spoiled anything. That's right. That's right. That's a, that's a great mission, and you're probably going to know what I'm talking about when it happens. That boss fight, great. Had great mechanics. Sepix perfected. Great boss fight. Great mechanics. Good battle. Um, <clears throat> there was a third one. What was the, the third? The Wretched Eye. The Wretched Eye. The Wretched Eye. Great, great battle. That, when it, that, when there wasn't amazing. any arc burn, it was actually a pretty good boss fight. It wasn't yep. so silly and lopsided. Um, but... I think at this stage for $30, they were kind of giving us what they knew people would play and find satisfying. I don't think they were going to give us sort of what we're pining for. And I think there's a bit of a subversive psychological game going on here. Okay. Destiny 2 is going to feel like, like the skies opened. And this this amazing new game drop. Now Sarge is shaking his head because he thinks we're going to get more of the same. From what we've heard from the Kotaku leak, right? With all I, the with I, all the stuff, I, that's yeah. Still... That guy's usually that guy's no, usually spot on. I've that guy's usually thing. spot on. And if he's spot on and what he's describing is accurate, number one, it makes sense why content's been so dry this year and next year, and even kind of the year before that, because Bungie's been doing everything to basically say this is essentially. 
an old gen con like piece of an old gen game. It's an essentially an old gen so game. So Xbox One is the old gen game now, or is it the 360 one? Which one are you talking about? Well, I mean, Xbox even our yes, even even our <laughs> version is basically an old yeah. gen game because of the engine and the limitations of what the game can do, especially without dedicated servers. So I would anticipate this next year being dry and people complaining. Bungie's going to try and do community-driven events with private matches. Sparrow Racing League will probably get added to private matches. It will probably be a monthly or or bi-monthly thing, you know, every other month. Um, and then when Destiny 2 drops, it's going it's going to feel like we're being sort of saved from the monotony. I actually don't think we should have expected anything other than what we got for $30. Given what we've gotten up to this point, there hasn't been a huge emphasis or focus on story. There has never been a huge emphasis or focus on reinventing any of the enemies. And really the crowning achievement of this DLC is the raid. It's the best, most fun uh, and well-designed with respect to how the rewards work, uh, the fights, the pacing. It's easily the best raid in the game right now. Oh. The only thing it's missing is unique legendary drops like Vision of Confluence and Fatebringer. Those would, that would have been nice. We don't have that. Like a real low percentage drop, but something that coveted. The Outbreak Prime and the puzzle to get that, brilliant. One of the coolest things they've ever done with the game. Um, so I think your criticisms are on point, but I don't necessarily know if it's worth even voicing them given that we shouldn't really have expected anything different. It was it was how it was advertised us into the beginning. You have to remember where we were started. Okay, it's supposed to be an epic space adventure. Okay, that's you're supposed to become legendary. Okay, I don't even have a tally mark of any kind of awesomeness that you've done unless you've actually done the raids throughout the DLCs. All right, so if you actually haven't done the raids, if you're one of those kind of people that just played the game and never gone into any of the raids or collected any of the gear from the raids, you can't call yourself, you can't you call yourself squat. You just play the game. You're not really playing anything because the trophies, the covetedness of the rareness of the whatever it is that, that says your legendary is, I did this, I did this, I accomplished this. And that's what kind of drives us for the most part as we played some of these games or, or this game in particular. But it's these little nuggets of really awesome in a sea of mundaneness isn't enough anymore. They have the ability to make these kind of quests and those kind of missions that you spoke about. That should be a standard, not the cherry on the Sunday. Eat the bunch of eat the same stuff all day long. And by the way, we're gonna put a little cherry on top because we know we can do it, but we just can't do it all the time. I don't understand that mentality. How do you how do you show me that you can make such a great mission and then for the rest of it kind of like half-ass it? What that really says is, like as you said, and I agree with you, is that. Most of the staff has been working on the new game since the first game released. Yeah. All the DLC that we've gotten up to now is made by a skeleton crew in order to keep us busy until the next thing comes out. So that's not truly a real DLC. It's more like, well, we have to fill the holes because we promised them a season pass. Right. Like, that's not the way it should be done. However, I agree with, I didn't expect a full-blown story to come out of thin air, but when you put crumbs down, leading me to a story, and then never go back to tell me about the story, ever. I, it's just, it's left, it's empty. It's emptiness. You don't have a reason why you want to keep playing. You don't even give me a scrap anymore. It's just whatever. Right. Okay? Now, the negative aspects that I, I would like well, to hold discuss... hold on, hold on. Let me talk go. a little bit here. Go, you got two minutes. Go. Uh, so, so the SIVA... 
I uh, I think one they should like they I've always said they've always kept it where where it's this as you go across Destiny right they never expand the universe like now because we have Siva now we don't have regular Fallen unless you go to the regular Cosmodrome you, you can't find a regular Fallen character in the new Cosmodrome right because they're all infected right which I think is stupid right I didn't think the whole race of Fallen got infected I thought it was just a small you know a, a group of Fallen that got infected so. Uh, I'm a little disappointed in that, right? Um, as far as the story, you could beat the whole story in less than two hours. Like, if you just blew through the whole thing. That's not really a story. Um, I mean, yeah, great. It was great. We're so excited because it's new, right? But it doesn't mean it's good because it's new, right? It just means it's a new story. I thought it was weird that they, they chose, because we really haven't talked about Iron Banner since it came out. I, I, I think it's weird that they chose the Iron Banner or the Lords of the Iron as to pick the story, where they could have... They've, they've opened up a whole world of things. Like, what happened to the queen? What happened to the queen's brother? What happened to the stranger? Why can't the fucking speaker tell us anything? He doesn't have time? It's been two and a half years. He, he had to have at least some time to tell us about something. Okay? There's there's rooms and doors that are in the tower that you can't get into. It's just open space. Right? There's nothing back there. Um, they, they could have done so much more into this DLC to give us stuff um, that they didn't give us stuff. Right? Like, for instance... The Grimoire cards are always, they're still there, right? But at least in Taken King, there was more cutscenes than what we got in here. Now, the cutscenes that we got in here were good, but I feel like they could have been a, a little bit more. I felt the $10 difference between this and Taken King was a huge different content uh, created. And I feel like they, because of the April update, they felt like that was part of the update of this DLC because there was more, there was more to destiny for the april update than there was in this particular dlc minus the raid obviously right but what they did in the april update made the game better than this dlc did in my opinion all right and because this now now that we're now we're going into the year three i've said this from the very beginning i said they've broken up this game into pieces this is all one game right so if you're a person that just bought destiny a couple weeks ago for rise of iron you're the smartest person, right? Because you literally paid $60 for the actual game, right? You get to play the whole entire game, Dark Below, House of Wolves, Taken King, April Update, and now Rise of Iron, all for $60, which is brilliant, right? So that that's what the game was. It got broken up into all these small sections, and I understand people are, are, are fans of Destiny. I'm a fan of Destiny. I love playing Destiny. But this is not the DLC that we should have gotten. There should have been more to this DLC. They should have gave us a true DLC where, I don't, we'll talk, I know Sarge will bring this up later, like six-man patrol raids, faction wars, something more than just PvP-based stuff with new maps and a new one new mode. Do you know what I mean? So um, I forget what all you said because there was so much in there. So we'll continue. Go ahead. Uh, the... The ability to have a DLC in an open area to to explore, everyone enjoys. I loved exploring the Playlands. I love going to every little nook and cranny in the entire thing. However, when they structure the game, why is it it's so narrow that you only want us here and you forget about everything else? And then once we pass that mission, there is never a reason to go back to that section of the game again, thus limiting, limiting the areas that we go to now. For instance, okay, there are two zones... In the in the playlands, that there's nothing there. There's literally nothing there. Right you have there. the doom. You have the doom sea, which is a narrow strip of land that's near the water. That's got one little cave, and there's nothing there. It's an entire section, zero. Then you have the area between 
the uh, Archon's Forge and the starting area, the Lord's Watch, which is the bridge, which is called the Forgotten Pass, which right. is also just a giant crater in the hole, a great, a great crater in the hole with a bridge and nothing there. There's right. literally nothing there. It's just the road. Now, I understand they need to put buffer zones for you to load, for the game to load and that kind of thing. I get that. I've seen it on Mars and I've seen it on Venus, the little short areas where there's nothing there. Gives you time for the game to load up to the next area. Completely understand it, but those areas are not named. Those areas are not named. They're just a continuation of the area that you're in. And then when you reach the new area, they come up. It's not just own zone. Okay. So there's a lot of dead areas. Okay. The top of the giant husk on top of the bridge, on top on top of the boat. Excuse me. Uh, ever since you, you you finished the mission about being on top of those containers, you never go back on top of that map again. There's right. no reason to go back up there. Not even for a patrol. Not even for a patrol. So why do you create an area that you say you spent so much time working on, and then after you pass a certain mission or point, you never use the area again, and you just you have us like this again? Like, I'm only in Plaguelands. This is all I'm doing. And so I'm going to do Plaguelands until I'm sick of Plaguelands. Why? Why do you limit us? Why don't you open it up? Why do we have to constantly be put into the position? And I always call it the same thing. It's called the bungee principle, which is you have to play the way that they want you to play, not the way that you want to play. Okay. That's my two minutes. <laughs> Go ahead. I mean, <clears throat> I, I think, though, again, given what they've built and how it's all played up to this point, Adding what they've added, I think, worked very well. I think the Playlands, as as patrol areas, as the new patrol things we could do, were fantastic. I mean, especially the ones, the new patrol missions with the little uh, SIVA symbol. And, you know, you get the axe, and it's like this battle. And I, I thought it was amazing. I thought that was some of the best player-initiated content they created. Their biggest misstep... And the reason I can't say this without adding like a little caveat is Archon's Forge. Like they create a really fun wave-based environment. It's actually fun. And the rewards are really cool looking and they completely fumble the ball. Like you, it's way back on the backside. It's down in the basement of a building. Like I right. can hear Brad Pitt <laughs> right. from Inglorious Bastards being like, did anybody tell you we were going to be in an effing basement? Like I <laughs> hear him saying that when I go back there. I'm like, why are we back here? Um, not only that, it, it's it, – you go back there and you can't get in an instance with somebody. Nope. The, the, the really hard ones are designed for more than three people. And it's like they took the problems of Court of Oryx and they're like, you know what? Court of Oryx, not everybody knew where it was or they had a hard time finding it or there weren't people there. Here's our solution. Let's make it further away and down inside a building. Right. And then we'll have the instancing basically work terribly. So you're always by yourself. <laughs> I, if they wouldn't have done that, if you could instance into Archon's Forge and take more than three people, um, it, it, I honestly think the that would be a significant feather in their cap for fun, grindy activities to do. But it just sort of lies barren and dead, um, you know, and that's unfortunate because I think patrolling in the Plaguelands I thought was very good. I, I thought it was I thought it was actually pretty excellent. Again, given what they've built. They're adding on something that's in that vein and in that theme, and for thirty dollars, I think we got that. I think we got something that 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 is in line with that. And 
do you, you know, I go ahead. I was gonna say, do you think that way though? Because we were so starving for content that they gave us, they could have given us anything and we would have been like, oh, this is awesome. I mean, I, I don't know. Like, I continue to say, aesthetically, this is the best the game has ever looked. I think the Plaguelands oh, yeah. look no, it looks and fantastic. feel fantastic. Yeah, yeah. And experientially, I, I don't know. I felt like they took Patrol and made it better. I think they I felt like they took public uh, events and made them better. They took everything we've been doing and improved it. You know, And I know everybody's like, well, it's been crappy up to this point. It's not hard to improve. If it's been crappy up to this point, then why in the frick are you still playing? Like, I just think people are we, – we are starved for content, but we're also starved for complaint. It's like we have to have yeah, something to complain about. To be, to be on the other side, right, and this is not how mm -hmm. I feel, but if it, it's easy to say, well, then don't play it, right? And then because you're not having fun, but they are still having fun. They're just upset what is what the – it's in the game, right? They, they, there's right, a lot of sure. stuff that's in the game that's bad. It's just bad, mm -hmm. right? It, there's a lot of broken mechanics. Right. For one instance, okay, I'm not even a, I'm not even that high of a level, right? I'm like I'm like 363 or I'm sorry, 366, right? Uh, or 365, and I have full legendary marks right now. There is nothing that I want to buy right now in the tower for legendary marks, right? Just to spend my legendary marks, just so I can do other things to get my legendary marks. That right there is a broken mechanic, right, in the game where. It, the, the mechanics let it's telling me I have to just go buy something so I spend minimum 25 if I go to if I go to Shanks right to get the sword all right and then spend an additional three just to infuse that particular legendary into something else so now I'm down 23 or 28 legendary marks so now I can go do a daily today where I can possibly be getting 10 for doing the crucible and then 15 to do the daily and then then what now I'm back at the 200 and now I have to purchase the thing that I don't want again because it's under level right so it, it's stupid to have a, a, a max on the legendary marks in my opinion for this whole time same with glimmer right like it doesn't break the game if you just mm -hmm. let us have unlimited like if I'm a millionaire what's that gonna do but how's that gonna break the game in any way shape or form because I'm still breaking stuff down and then getting stuff to do stuff. Do you, do you know what I'm saying? That's a broken mechanic. Well, it's uh, here's why it's not broken. First, I don't have you like the I have got a whole video where I went through and there are good vendor roles at every vendor. There's the palindrome. There's the auto rifle at Dead Orbit. There's a really amazing sidearm at Future War Cult. Like there's really good. They they injected the game with out of the box really good roles of weapons. That if you haven't bought yet, I mean, I, I feel like maybe you should at least try and buy them. But that's what I'm saying. If I'm a person and I'm saying, mm -hmm. like, I have all these, right? I don't. But I'm saying if I have all this or I'm not interested in those things, like, what am I doing with my legendary marks? Like, what well, can I do? If you're not interested in them, that's what they're for. Like, what in the world are you saving but them I can't for? Play, a house? No, but I can't play. What I'm saying is once I have legendary marks, I have to get rid of my legendary marks just so I can play the content, the daily content. Okay, I understand what you're saying now. Here's why they do it, though. That cap has always been in place because if not, it'll do exactly what we tried to do with this content. We will save up, and then we will break the pacing of new content because we will have too much. 
we will have far too much and we will break any pacing they attempt to have because you would have so much marks and so much like so many like like I'm sorry so much glimmer right. and so many marks got to get my words right um you'd have so much that that you, they could never stop you from breaking the pacing and what they did with this content was they said well we can't stop people from saving engrams so we're going to put soft caps in place yeah, but that everybody got around anyway because they just farmed omnigold couldn't they just let us have unlimited legendary marks and let us have other things. And then if you want a, let's say, because everything's RNG, right? Let's say I want a 350 exo or a legendary engram, and that costs, you know, 160 uh, legendary marks, and it costs whatever glimmer. What about if I buy a different one that has a higher percentage of chance of getting a roll that I want, and it costs, I don't know, three times the amount? Of legendary marks you know instead of 150 it's now 450 right so the people that had these giant pools of legendary marks or glimmer they could just spend higher up to get better gear do you understand what i'm saying so you right, would right, you would right. play more stuff to save up more stuff and not be capped off and then go okay well i have 200 marks i guess i'll just buy this this engram just but to again it, again use it to do this to do no. the same thing Again, any new content is going to have to have natural leveling paths for the more casual player that someone with that amount of currency would go into that natural leveling path and you'd break it. You'd be like, spend, 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 I'm done. Like, you can't, like, I see what you're saying. You're trying to say, well, no, if they had a lot, they'd spend it on this more valuable stuff. But the only way to make the content accessible to a casual player is to have that leveling path be natural and progressive. You'd land on that and be like, I have a mountain of stuff. I'm done day one, which without the like, imagine they didn't do the soft cap thing, okay? And they had something in in the game where you could cash in ten exotic engrams for a guaranteed max level engram or something. Right. Well, everyone would look at that and they'd go, hmm. And then they look at the ability to level up via smart RNG, and they'd just do that. They would just use that and they'd level up and be like, I'm done. I don't need to use your little incentive to trade them all in. Like they had to put soft caps in place because you would just have you would just be saved up and you'd break the game. Okay, now let's go back into breaking the game and let, let's talk about time, okay? A person who plays 100 hours, well, let, let, let me scale it back a bit. Let's say you play 30 hours a week, okay? As opposed to a casual player who plays 30 hours a month, okay? okay. Roughly, if you guys are doing the same kind of grind and you're doing the same kind of missions, at the end of those 30 hours, you're going to be about the same, okay? You spent 30 hours in the game grinding, you're going to be about the same. Okay. Well, whether I do that, whether I do that in a week or I do that in a month, right. is irrelevant. Right, right, okay. Right. So why, why do they put these soft caps in place to limit you from? If I have the time to play the game, let me play the game. What's what is the end result of me finishing what you call finishing, or and, collecting and the items that right. I can get? What what happens then? Then I say, <laughs> okay, so now I'm done with this. I'll go play something else. But the rule is, I want you to play my game for no reason, but I want you to keep playing my game. So right. I have to put a soft cap in place in order for you to keep there. Prime example is, what the fuck happened to Iron Banner? Are you telling me I can level up one character in four hours as opposed to half a week? Okay, that's insanity. Okay, that is complete insanity. And it's totally because they want the casuals to catch up. They want everyone right, they're trying to, make to everyone... catch up because they want everyone on the same level when they decide that nothing else is going to happen and we have to bait you into Destiny 2. 
what is what is the problem with allowing somebody who loves the game to finish it out? You didn't give me a story anyway. Let me finish it out. Let me collect what I can collect. Let me get what I can get when I want to get it, not when you tell me to get it. This is the this is the this is the saying. same this is the same thing that's been going on since the beginning, okay? Why am I not allowed to finish what I think is the end? Can I go first this time? Let me. Let me. Yeah, go. Yeah, go. On the on the Iron Banner part, um, I do like that they they dropped more loot, which is nice, right? Which is nice. But at the awesome. same, but at the same time, I played my hunter. I would say maybe like maybe eight hours in the Iron Banner, right? Even though I leveled up and I was just like farming other stuff to get to get higher gear, and then with my warlock and my titan, I played a combined total of three hours. And got them both to level five in three hours. Both of them. Both my my hunter didn't have a full set of gear, right? Of of Iron Banner gear. But my Warlock and Titan got the full set, okay, of new Iron Banner gear plus emblem plus shader. Okay. I went, well, that's cool, but at the same time, this is gonna be the same gear for the next year, right? Because they're not coming out with any kind of new gear unless there's an April update and whatever they, they in, infuse other stuff in there. But in the past of Iron Banner, right, you could get to level 5, but you, you still miss that, like, chess piece, or you still miss that gauntlets that you, that you really wanted, right? And you have to wait till the next Iron Banner comes around. And that was sort of the appeal to Iron Banner, right? So, like, you miss it out the last time, so you want to play this time to grind the Iron Banner, so maybe you get a chance to drop to get that gauntlets or boots that you wanted from the Iron Banner to match your gear. Now, I have everything, right? So, what's the point? Of going back to Iron Banner besides the guns now. Okay, and yeah, they might get a better roll, but and all in all, the gear, you're gonna wear the whatever gear the fuck you want in the game because it's the way you wanna look. It's all it's all what you look, not what they do, right? For the most part. Because if you go into a raid and stuff, you're gonna get the raid gear to use in the raid, right? You're not gonna use Iron Banner gear to be in the raid, right? Because there's there's just not perks there. So I like the fact that they gave us more gear, but at the same time, I, I think they could have spaced it out because if I'm a casual person that only has one character and I only play the Iron Banner, let's say, six hours every time it came out, okay, out of the whole week, okay, I mean, I don't want all the gear right away. I want something to strive for and go, all right, well, I'm done. Well, that's all I needed. All right, see you guys later. I'll see you next month. You know what I mean? And, and be done with it in three hours. I thought it was a little little weird the way they did it this time around. I like the loot, just don't like the way they delivered the loot to us. I got way too much good stuff. Like, full sets. Yeah, I mean, basically, these decisions that they made about Iron Banner, I fully support, even as someone who plays a lot, because it was largely based off of community response and engagement patterns, okay? So there were people, if you couldn't play near the end... It was almost it, you felt like you were trapped. You couldn't level up. You right. couldn't get there because your schedule. You have a life. You know your schedule doesn't allow you to play and do that whole cash in at the end. So I thought that was a good decision. I thought the lack of daily bounties was a mistake yes. because it didn't it didn't give you that ability to kind of move even while losing. Uh, I also felt like when combined with um, supremacy, since such big early leads can happen with an organized team. I had a bad experience near the end of the week. Once people got the five coins, they're like, 
I don't need to stay in. Right. I don't need any more gear. So I'm not going to stay in the game. I'm just going to quit because all I really need to do now is win to get experience. Right. So they need to retool that a little bit. Overall, I thought this was a much better design for Iron Banner because it suits a broader spectrum of player. Basically, if you want it to go slow because you don't want to get everything right away or you don't want to level up right away, I to me, I don't necessarily understand that because well, I'm like, not, well, if, it's if, not about leveling you, up right away. It's just about getting everything that that has to offer within three hours. Right. I mean, getting gear that quickly, I understand three hours. That is pretty fast. There were people that had the complete opposite experience as you. So if you got such a mountain and such a landslide of gear, you might be a little bit of an outlier with respect to RNG because there were people on Twitter saying, hey, I just put in four or five hours and I'm not really getting any drops. So it could be it could be I mean, across the spectrum of the community, you might have had a really good experience compared to those maybe on the other end of the spectrum. Um now, as far as um, – I, I completely forgot what I was going to respond Sorry. to what Sarge said, and now I can't remember what he said that I was going to reply to. Uh, but I, I think in the vein of Iron Banner, the only thing they did that I kind of thought was silly was that the the leveling up for light level was very rewarding. Yes. And endgame content, the raid and nightfalls, don't really even compare. And so – I like giving people another way of leveling up their light level. This was so fast. It was so fast. And when you consider, and I criticized the DLC for this, when you consider how bad the quality control was on this DLC with the artifacts and the ghosts being the main pain point of leveling up, which left people stuck and they felt basically like like right. I cannot advance. I cannot advance and level up. I got to go grind Court of Oryx. That's the dumbest thing I've ever heard of. Why would I do that? This is new content. Why am I going to go grind Court of Oryx for an artifact? And then Iron Banner's like this saving grace right. just washes over the community, and everybody's max light almost. I just very the, the, such good concepts and ideas, and then they execute, execute poorly. poorly. Because the quality control is always lacking with Bungie with this game, and I think it's because of what we talked about. It's a smaller team. And look, I don't want to bash this DLC and make like a smaller team feel like they totally failed. No, it's my in job. Large, in, yeah, that's your job. In large part, <laughs> this content delivered what it promised. It's the best this game has ever looked. This looks game looks phenomenal. phenomenal. Yeah. As, and, and, and the raid too. Again, the raid is the crowning achievement here. As far as the aesthetic and the rewards and everything, but your your guardian can look so fantastic and the way you want if you really take the time to get the to get the ornaments and the and the right and you you can you 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 can do the days of iron you can do the iron banner gear you can do the raid gear you can look awesome, and I think that's that's a good sign for the future in my opinion that they're really capturing okay we that. can. We can really ramp this game up, make it look good, give players choice. The choice players have in the raid with respect to how the ch the, uh, the chests work and the keys, brilliant. Very, very good intentionality. And I hope we get – I hope that's a sign of where we're headed because if you compare where we are now, aesthetics, rewards, gameplay, kind of how everything feels and looks, to, to way back year one – we have we have come light years right. from that as right. far as how it feels and how rewarding the game is. All right, That's so hard. the next part the next part we're going to discuss is the PvP, and then we all understand that PVE 
is never to be associated with PvP. Okay. And what I what I feel to I don't understand to this point is the nerfing of, of, of pieces of equipment because it's either PvP or PvE. Enough is enough. When you originally made Vanilla Destiny, there's a guy in the tower. His name is Shax. He is the PvP dude. Everything from him is PvP. The weapons, the armor, the perks on those weapons and armor are made for PvP. That's why it's there. At some point, we decided that every gun could every go gun. everywhere, yeah. and then everyone started crying. Namely, we'll start with the thorn. Okay, that was the origination of all problems. Okay, <laughs> so now we understand the gun is a little OP in PvP because you don't move. You want to sit there and try to get time on target, and so if I've got a bleed, I'm going to lose. That's just facts, okay? But that's the gun, okay? So you have to learn to adapt to the gun being used. That's what a skilled-based game is. If someone is nothing but running at you and using a shotgun, you may want to reevaluate your tactics. It's not about crying and saying the shotgun is too overpowered, okay? Three things that I'd like to discuss in detail is the fact that, once again, Bungie doesn't allow advanced players to play the way that they want to play because they figured out the gear. And because the crybabies on the left don't like when advanced players kick their ass, we have to have a nerf, okay? Number one, right. Shade Step, okay? Why is Shade Step such a problem? If you know you're fighting hunters and you know you're playing PvP, you can pretty much guarantee Shade Step's going to be involved. Why? Because it's fucking badass. That's the power <laughs> of the shade step. Right. That's why they put it in there. By the way, we didn't put it in there. They did. They Because they wanted you to figure out what to do with it. And we did. And people can't deal. It's too OP. I can't see the guy. Well, do you know where he's going to go? Because he only does a backflip to the right. That's what he does every time. So or, maybe or you should left. change your right. tactics a little bit. Maybe understand the way that the actual piece of armor is used. Next one. Twilight Garrison, an amazing piece of equipment to give the Titan mobility because the Titan is slow as fuck. And we all know this, okay? It, he, he can uh, skate. It, it's, he can slow, skate. it's slow as fuck. If you use ARC, absolutely. If you use the ARC-based system and you want to do the shoulder charge slide into Fusion Cannon, that's the most amazing move ever. By the way, that's an advanced move. That's not for casuals. That's the most advanced move you can do with a Titan is the slide, shoulder charge, fusion cannon, you're done. You can skate okay? with any any class. With, with, with yeah, you can skate, but not to the not to the effect of that, the of that, of that move, that. of that move. Not to the effect of that move, okay? And then the other thing was the nerfing of sprinting, right? People were moving around too fast, and when they stopped moving yeah, and then continued stupid. to sprint, they wanted to stop that from happening, so they put a cooldown on sprint. So that must have been a big issue. But not such a big issue that they stuck they no limit sprint yeah. on an on an artifact that right. you can wear. So then why? Why would you need that? Why not just give sprint back and give that artifact something else on it? Because sprinting is not a a game changer. It's called movement. I want to be able to move quickly during a PvP match. And because I made a mistake and pressed the sprint button once, because I'm such in a firefight, and sometimes you press down, oops, too bad you press down. Now you can't sprint. That's bullshit. That is a bullshit move, and that's a bullshit nerf on top of a bullshit amendum because bullshit. you took it away and then you gave it back. It makes no sense, okay? Why do you put the gear in there? Why do you give it the powers that uses it? And then people who love the game, who understand how to use that gear, are now penalized for understanding how that gear is used because you have casuals 
who cry about not understanding how the game mechanics work. Well, it's not one. It's not. I hate the word casual and 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 like hardcore. For but type. that's what it is. I know, but but that's what it is. There's a there's a fine line between a person that uh, someone can be a casual player and still whip someone else's ass because they understand every every little nook and cranny about that class and what that ability does and whatever because they're a stats person or they know what does. So they could be a person that only plays three hours a week and still be dominant in in PvP. So the, the time playing doesn't mean anything. It's about the person that the, the gamer itself. Um, them putting stuff in the game and then nerfing it, um, like the, the the sprinting thing. That's stupid. That's like a Madden move where they they had something in Madden and then they they take it out of Madden and then they put it in the, like three years later and then they tell you it's a new a new feature that they put in the game and you're like, well, wait a minute, that's that was already in the game. So that that's stupid as far as you know, adding the sprint onto an artifact. And yes, they could have done an artifact, but they don't know what they're doing. And when I say that is they have a small crew, so they can't play test anything, right? So they come they up with stuff. Nothing. They, That's they come up with stuff, right? And then they throw it out into the world and they see what sticks, right? So they just take spaghetti and they just throw it up there and see what sticks. And they let us be the play testers. And the one percenters or the, the people that are hardcore are going to find out the bugs and they're going to find out the things that work. And then the masses, because of Twitch, okay, will find out what it is or YouTube. And then they'll all try to start doing it and then mimic that what works. And because they do that, it becomes broke then because now the majority is using what it's supposed to, like that's not meant supposed to be, where they're like, well, we got to fix this now because now the masses are doing it and it's not supposed to work this way, right? So that's why they, that's that's exactly how stuff gets nerfed, right? It, it's okay if the one percenters do it, okay? But then when the masses start grasping it and everyone's doing it, they have to make a change because they, they're like, uh, we won't fix that because no one's going to notice it. And then if people do find out about it, they're like, oh, it's okay. And then when the masses find out about it, they're like, all right, let's let's change that. Um, oh shoot, I forgot what the hell I was going to say. Then my next point. Um, go ahead, Lono. I I, I want to speak specifically to some things you said. Oh, the Titan, the Titan um, is the fastest yeah. one in the fucking PvP. Yeah, I want to speak specifically to some things you said, and I do. I want to talk generally because I think I think I have a good understanding as to why a lot of these criticisms come out and why things get nerfed, just because of people that I get to interact with and 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 have conversations with, who understand PvP far better than me, and they're far they're far more skilled and experienced. So specifically, the Titan is undeniably and proven, you know, just with math and dominated. you know just seeing it. It is the fastest class in the game, and and the reason for this is increased control and the jumping mechanic. Guys like Gabe and Pashi and other really good PvP players created, not created, they discovered Titan skating. And so when you combine that with Garrison, his mobility was it was essentially breaking the game. It was never intended to have a, a, a character with that mobility. Because if you think about map design and choke points and where you can sit and how you can react, that all breaks down if a player is way faster then whenever they play test of that map, yep. it, it breaks the flow. It doesn't work right. It's like, this guy's on top of me in seconds. I can't do anything. And so the most vocal people actually about a lot of these nerfs and changes are not the casuals. It's not. If you listen to players like Triple Wreck, Wish You Luck, Luminosity, these are considered leaders and elite players in, in this game. They were invited to the MLG event. Like that, like These are guys that were there. Um, wish you luck wasn't, but I mean, he should have been in some respects with his skill level. And these are the guys that are saying there's no primary gunplay in this game. There's no, there's almost none. Shotguns 
are so effective and player mobility is so good. It's so quick. And they're all saying, like, if we could just do a couple of tweaks to primaries, and if you really were good and tasteful about range drop-off, primaries, especially auto rifles and hand cannons, would only be effective in the range where it really matters right. when you want to stop a shotgunner. And the reason, the big reason that so many people are frustrated with Shade Step and they're frustrated with the garrison, and they're frustrated with getting two-tapped by the thorn or damage over time from the thorn, is because this game, when you first get exposed to it, and you play through the campaign, or you played, you remember the early days of PvP, it is the most satisfying shooter I have ever played. And then you go into PvP, and it's nothing but abilities and grenades and supers and goofy silly movements like garrison and skating and shade step and nobody's shooting nobody's getting in gunfights you almost feel betrayed you're like wait a minute this game is so satisfying the gunplay is so good and all i'm doing is getting rushed with shotguns killed with grenades killed with a melee from a warlock from across the room you know hit with a fusion grenade that tracks and sticks to me perfectly and the guy just runs past the door and chucks it at me or he knows he's gonna lose the gunfight right. so it's like a form of martyrdom now I, I, like, oh, fusion. I, I do the same thing that's what i do all the right time. That's why these criticisms exist because it's such a satisfying shooter and then you go to play the PvP and it is an ability driven game game. You're not playing a shooter when you play the PvP. It feels like a goofy arcade game some of the time. You're like nobody's really shooting. And so I want to validate those criticisms, but I also want to push back and say just embrace the meta and have fun. Once I started using shotguns, once I saw how amazing that Warlock melee or shoulder charge or right. lightning grenades were, I started having a lot more fun instead of being like, no, I'm going to use my primary. This is so satisfying. No, it's not. You're just going to get wrecked. Like, embrace the meta, and hopefully there'll be more of a shooter-based either, either game mode or a more shooter-based focus in the future of this game because as it stands now, from the top to the bottom – very few people are satisfied with how PvP plays and feels right now. Well, it's funny because... Uh, but, we, but we're all in agreement, though. We're all in agreement that it is two different games that cannot be put together. Yeah. It is two separate games. He, what you said there with the, with, with, with Shax, with the, with the guns, I've said that from the very beginning as well, but Bungie's stuck with their, you know, saying that PvP's going to work in PvP and PvP's going to work in PvE. You're right, though. There's a, there's a guy who sells PvP weapons... Okay, for PvP, but no one uses those weapons. They're all using everything else that you get in PvE. Where I think what they could do to kind of fix this... I mean, you can use any weapon that you want, right? And the meta in the game is broke because of everyone's using grenades and supers and stuff like that. But if they fixed it, right? If they fixed it, something like the gunsmith and, and, and the PvP uh, 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 shanks uh, could sell weapons, okay, that give you the perks... And the gunsmith could actually, you could either buy PvP weapons or PvE weapons. And the PvP weapons would give you different perks than the PvE weapons. So then it would give, maybe they can make more legendary marks. So, so people can go up to the gunsmith and go, oh, you want a PvP weapon? You can legendary marks to, to order these, right? Where if you want PvE weapons, you're using Glimmer to order these. You know what I mean? And you can, they can sort of implement different weapons that way, right? That maybe 
maybe Bungie can be like, hey, instead of using the Thorn, we made this other gun that's sort of like the Thorn, but it's only sold by the gunsmith, and it comes around, you know, this time around or whatever. And then people start going, oh, man, the gunsmith has such and such, just like, you know, Zerg. Zerg's got the exotic weapons. Gunsmith could have something. Shaxx would have that. They don't refresh their, their fucking inventory. The inventory is the same. It's always the same. It says, oh, the countdown says, like, 16 hours. It changes the same fucking shit that's been there ever since the beginning. So they could change it that way and kind of make people go, hey, you know what? Instead <clears throat> of me buying this Vanguard gun or this or, or using the last word or using this, they can make guns just like that gun, but just a little slightly different perks, okay, that work better in PvP, so you use that gun more than you use the PvE weapons, in my opinion. Well, I I think I think a year ago I would have been agreeing with Sarge and saying it needs split. I think now maybe you guys I, I don't know. I think it needs to be stated. It very much is split with respect to weapon usage if you think about it. Right now, you can go to the the Crucible Quartermaster and they are selling a god roll hand cannon, the Palindrome. It's one of the most common primaries you're going to see in PVP. You're never going to use that in PVE. It's not built for it. The right. roll is fantastic. True. They've also injected the game with much better roles. I'm hardly ever getting a drop where I'm like, this role's garbage. I'm getting a role that's like, oh, this is actually pretty good. Right, I can they, use this. They know now. Yeah. yeah, they know now. I can use this while waiting for a god roll. My build when I go into PvP is a palindrome or a, a grasp, which you don't really need to go farm for a grasp. That is one gun that kind of breaks it. It's a PvE gun that you get from Omnigol that's godlike in PvP. But, well, they injected the game with the Clever Dragon. That Iron Banner Pulse... Is the best is the best pulse rifle in the game. There is nothing better than it. That right. gun with the right roll is unbelievable. That's a, that's a PvP weapon. You're probably not going to use that in PvE. And the shotgun, the Matador, right? I'm not. Well, I guess I am using the Matador in PvE, which is kind of funny how effective the PvP shotgun is. Uh, but the last ditch from Dead Orbit's also very good in the in the raid. And the raid weapons have perks on them. That only really makes sense in PvE. They kind of did what I suggested. I always said, you need to add perks and then say, against Minions of the Darkness. So right. whatever amazing thing it does, it only does it against Minions exactly. of the Darkness. Well, they, they kind of did that. Like, the way, and they do perk stacking. The raid weapons have this cool thing where the, the one perk stacks on the other, and you get this extra added benefit. Well, synergy. the raid, yeah, it's a synergy. The raid scout, the raid auto rifle, fusion, and shotgun are all built for the raid. Now the shotgun I'm hearing is is okay in supremacy because a kill gives you battle runner and you're really fast. Right. And a little and a little extra armor, which you could probably make that work. But God roll matadors are gonna are gonna are gonna map it. They're gonna beat that shotgun. So I think they've done actually in this DLC a very good job of splitting the weapon base. Yeah, so you're better. not having these PvE weapons that are just breaking PvP. That's true, because the last since the I since Rise of Iron, they did make it a little bit better with the, with the factions, which is good. But at the same time, there's still people in there using the exotic weapons, you know, like like the Last Word, or they're using uh, sure, uh, yeah, sure, you know, um, yeah. I mean, they are doing a better job. I just think they could do a little bit more. Uh, I mean, obviously, the Iron Banner gear should be better in PvP, right? Because it's only a PvP event, so you getting PvP weapons in that event obviously would make sense. Um, yeah, what's what's next on the list there, Sarge? Okay, so what we're going to finish up with here is it's not me going to tear ass the entire time. I'm going to put in my, my positive outlook for what this game could be right now. I'm talking about right now with current mechanics that's in the game right now, what they can do. Now, 
I'm not saying what they gave us was crap. Right. Entirely. Giving us the freedom to create our own maps, giving us the freedom to, to do your own PvP matches and do clan wars and that kind of stuff, that is step one in a thing that should have been here long ago. Okay? At this particular moment, there is no reason why you should not fully open up this game to let any player play any part of it that they want to play instead of just the play glance because that's what's new. All raids should be reopened with new difficulty levels that drop raid gear with the light level. You, you want to get rid of Vision of Confluence and Fatebringer? I understand it was a game breaker back then, but put another gun in there. No, put another gun in there. You can make the same exact gun, just take off put the another primary. Put another gun in there. Just take off the, uh, the elemental. Take off the, the, the flavor. Right. right, take off the flavor. All right, so... Bring back those guns, proper light level. If I want that armor, if I want to look like a Vex guy again, I want to go back to the raid and go do the raid and get Vex armor again, let me. Okay? If I want to go into do Crota and I want to get whatever whatever armor I want to get in there, the, the sword breaker shotgun again, because I want to look like a a, 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 a dark, darkness guy again. Yeah, Fallen, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm freaking out now. Hive. Hive. Okay? Then let me. What is what is with the narrow view of what this game is? It's a It's a open world to what they described as open world. Let me do what I want to do in it. Okay? Let's back up the truck. You ready for this? Enough is enough. Faction wars. Period. End of story. Faction wars. The first Tuesday of the month, everyone picks an allegiance. Maybe you want to be New Monarchy this month. Maybe you want to be Dead Orbit. Whatever you pick, that's yours for the month. Okay? And it's all that we do. When you do Crucible and PvP, they put like faction members together. And it's factions against factions. At the end of the month, whoever wins gets a bonus. Your head glows. You get a legendary piece of gear, maybe even an exotic piece of gear. And then the next month starts. You pick another allegiance. You don't want an allegiance? Pick Vanguard. Don't play. Fantastic. Well, Vanguard is a legion. You have a Vanguard. Yeah, yeah no, yeah. but that's like the general thing as opposed to picking like a, a specific... Okay, there is no reason at this point where if you're going to introduce factions in the game, have factions actually be factions. Okay, at this point, I like to go and say six man patrols. Enough on this already. Enough. At Give me six. my six man patrol. At least six. Okay. Give me my six man patrol. And by the way, Sarge has got it all figured out for you. I got four pages of how we're going to make this game fucking amazing. You ready? <laughs> six man patrol. Okay. Last man standing. Okay. You have to complete all the patrols on the planet. Okay. okay. Every patrol that you do, the next patrol gets harder. Okay. So if you want to divide up your six-man crew to try to knock them out faster, that's fine. But each one you open up is harder. Okay. If you go down, you don't get back up. There is no coming back. You finish them all. The last one finishes with a boss battle, and you have to be strong enough to actually kill it. And then if you kill it, whoever's still alive gets the reward. I know it sounds depressing. Someone who tried so hard doesn't get to, doesn't get to make it. But it's just a patrol, guys. It's just a patrol. And you only get to do it once a week, right? Do I, did we complete the six-man like, patrol like this week? It's like a mega patrol. It's like a mega... Right. It's like, did I complete the six-man patrol this week? Maybe I didn't. Well, I guess we'll have to wait for next week to try it again. Okay? Number three. Nightfalls. Can we get Nightfalls that makes sense again? Can we bring back Nightfalls? And when you succeed in a Nightfall, give me back my strange coin. Let me get my strange coin prize for doing the Nightfall plus a weapon. I did the Nightfall, didn't I? Not this absurdness of not wanting to do Nightfall anymore because there's no point to it. My, my quotes will forever be reasons. Reasons to do things in this game is missing. And it doesn't take a lot. It just doesn't. Okay? All you have to say is... If it's an arc burn or whatever it is right. that you need specific weapons for that battle to work right, 
then allow me to get those special weapons for the week and then go into that and battle with that armor and those weapons. Give me a reason to hunt for that armor. At this point, it's RNG. If I get a piece, that's good. If I don't, it's not. No one cares. I'll just get another piece. How about I actually look for a piece of gear? How about I actually go for, I go to the Earth Raids and the Earth Strikes because they drop the gear that I need to accomplish this mission, this mission that the faction gave me. Yeah, you get a faction mission. Remember those, right? How about you get a faction mission that allows you to do a special strike that allows for a special exotic that that you have to have faction gear to complete? Because if you don't have the faction gear, you, it's very, very right. difficult it, to complete that strike, right? If we have all guys in the fire team on the same faction, they get a bonus. Head glows, whether it be a reload bonus, a damage bonus, an armor bonus, whatever you want to associate with whatever clan, because that would be story. There's a reason. You see a guy, you see a group of three guys choking around on Earth, all in dead orbit gear, you know shit's going down, right? You know that they're on some kind of super mission because that's the faction going after it. But no, it's left, it's left to be this fly-by-night type of thing. I know we're all having fun. We're shooting a bunch of guys. I love it too. I say, but give me a reason to hunt for a gun. Right. Give me reasons. Okay. Here's the best one. Battle zone. Okay. 12 people. Okay. Same type of thing. We're going to bring back the old maps, the big maps that no one uses anymore. Recorded so Bungie can listen to this. Okay? And by the way, there's vehicles in the game, guys. Remember those vehicles? I haven't seen one vehicle since the new DLC dropped. Not one bike, not one SIVA bike, not one any vehicle on, on, on a map to use. Why? Talking about Why? The Are they too yeah. hard? Is it, is, it, is it causing problems? Is the AI bikes hard? I can't get a bike to drive around and run into people and shoot them up. I'm not allowed anymore. I'm confused. All right? Battle zone. 12 people. Okay? Three zones of control that actually link into something special for the battle. Maybe it's a fire base. We can Maybe call it's an it, earth. We can call it the McCluskey it's a, zone. It's an, earth, it's an earth port, right? Maybe, like, think, it, think, of it as, think of it as playing 12-man control, except that it's horde mode. 12 guys are on the same team, and they're facing off against an onslaught of guys. If the enemy goes into the control zone, okay, you lose the ability for that control zone. So maybe one zone's radar. If the enemy, if the enemy goes into that zone, it's similar to like the beginning of uh, Vault of Glass. Sounds awesome. Remember, remember, remember when you walk, <laughs> when they walk in, they break up, yeah. they break up the bridge. Okay, same type of thing. If they come into the zone, they break that up. And now you have no radar, so you don't see your little mini map anymore. Right. The next one could be auto cannons, the little turrets that they keep throwing into strikes that nobody uses, but they're still kind of cool to see. Those little turrets. Oh, well, right, maybe right. at the fire base that you guys have to defend, there's three of them, right? And then they auto fire, right? If as long as the zone is under control, if the zone gets broken, then you lose that. Once again, twelve man. If you go down, you're out. The longer you stay, the better the rewards. Last man in, if you make it through the entire round, the time round that it is, those guys get the rewards. Now you'll start playing like a team. Now you'll start playing Encourage, as a group. Right. Right. Encourage Some people are going to have to be heavy. Some people are going to have to be heavy. Some people are going to have to be speed. Some people are going to have to be this. There's just so many variations of stuff that's in-game right like, now that they like can a, use. Like a last okay. b- boss fight, you know what I mean? Like but a, we're like just... It, th- that's why this is scratching the surface. I know that everybody believes that they're doing the best that they can. I get that. But if you guys understand, have you seen games over the last five years? Have you Man. seen what they can do? Have you seen the abilities and the and the vision that some of these games have? You just can't tell me all of a sudden one day we woke up 
and we just decided this is the limit. That's all we're doing, and we're going to keep blaming <laughs> the last generation game system for us not being able to do anything. Is the Bungie engine that difficult to work with? I don't think it's that difficult. And if it was, why make all these DLCs if it's that difficult? Right. I, and if PC, <laughs> and if PC is where we're going, Lono, and and this is a big one now. If PC is where we're going, if they couldn't handle doing it two ways with PlayStation consoles and Xbox consoles because they're already holding back material. I still don't have a strike that I'm missing. I'm still upset about that. Right, okay. Right. Now we're going to do PC. So who do you think is playing on the PC? You think it's the filthy casuals or no. the kids that are getting a computer for high school? No. Those are hardcore people getting ready to play Destiny 2 on their fucking PC. So what are we going to do from there? Are you going to tell me that they're going to get stuff that the console people don't get? Or are we all going to be on one or we're all going to be on one server? Where are we going from there? Because I already see I see segregation coming out just from the stories alone. Just from the stories alone that you're telling me it's going to go on PC, I'm still trying to figure out how that would work. Well, how would that work? Go ahead, Lono. You, you can go first. Well, you that's said a lot. lot. That's uh, a lot of information. <laughs> Holy shit. And it, so the first half of what you said is so good and can't be done on this current generation. Because I, if, you if, really the, believe guy, if the guy from Kotaku... He's been so on point. Everything he's predicted, everything he said, everything he leaked was like on the money. His leak about the two-hour supercut where Joseph Stoughton's story and they broke the game up. In that leak, he said this engine is old and incredibly cumbersome to work with. And he described in detail things that you could only describe if you had inside information, like they have to load the world overnight while they go home and they got to come in the next day. And hopefully the world loaded right. And then moving a bush takes like 15 minutes, like very cumbersome. This is why I believe a lot of what 30, a lot of what Mike has said has been pretty accurate. We've been getting pieces that were sort of already designed and a live team kind of put it together. I believe the mo- the lion's share of Bungie has been creating a new engine that will run at 60 FPS and make PC players happy. Because if you you are right, and I said this in my video about this game coming to PC, I said, the this is good and here's why. The PC community would laugh at the current iteration of Destiny. They would laugh oh, at yeah. it. They wouldn't play it. They would find it stupid. They would find it boring. I'm saying this about a game that I love and play for 10 hours a day. Keep that in mind. But the PC crowd would just laugh. They would laugh at this game. Number one, they'd laugh because of the frames per second. They'd laugh because of the lack of dedicated servers. They'd be like, what is this? So at coming to PC, Bungie is not stupid. They're not. This game has stayed relevant on Twitch. It has been, it has outlived every prediction of its death. They are brilliant, and what they have done is they have squeezed the life out of an old generation, old engine game and made an entire fan base of addicts who are going to flock to the new game. And then when they make this big announcement that it's coming on PC, that whole crowd is going to say, hmm, those people played the heck out of that game. And now it's coming to PC and look at all these new things and, and things that they're adding. The, the whole thing's going to you know, blow up. I, I firmly believe, not fanboying at all, that Destiny 2 will be a number three game on Twitch for almost its entirety of relevancy. And I believe that it will be one of the most played, most watched games in history because 
they they're the only company that's going to be able to do this. No other game has the has the because everything else is PvP competitive. Like those games, I think over time are going to only have their relevancy in tournaments. I just think some of that stuff can't stay at the fever pitch that it's at. I think Destiny stands to be that game, and if they fail. It'll be because they shouldn't have gone to PC, and the PC crowd just shreds it and hates it. I yeah, I even, don't think they're going to do that. Even if they go with PC and it fails on PC, you still have the consoles that are going to make it survive. I mean, look at it, it's done just on consoles now, right? Right. Are you, are you done? Right. Do you have more, more to say? Yeah. The last thing I wanted to say was I, I really do think that a lot of people are concerned that going to PC – and then Xbox and PlayStation, it's going to get all broken up with exclusives, and they're just going to they're just going to play to the fiddle of the PC gamers. Microsoft has done a lot of good work, I think, to protect us from that. I don't think Microsoft's buying power and leverage in this debate has just totally shifted. The balance of power is now no longer in Sony's court; it's in Microsoft's court. Because when you think about the amount of people that now have the ability to play the game on both their PC or their console, that far outweighs and outshines anything Sony has on the market. Because the PC landscape is what? Like 80% of the PC gamers out there probably play on a Windows PC. Right. I think that's I think that's pretty a, a fair guess to make. It might even be higher than that. It's just an easier, more accessible platform to, to buy and install, and especially if you buy gaming rigs from Best Buy or Walmart or whatever. So I think that puts the balance of power in Microsoft's you know hands that hopefully will just bring more balance to exclusivity and all that crap goes away. If they do give exclusivity, it's going to largely go to Microsoft. I don't think it's going to go Sony's way anymore. I think so too. Um, but I don't think they're going to chop it up and have like missions for PC and no missions for us. Right. I don't think that's going to happen. So I, I think the fear of it going to PC and the fear of we're just going to get Destiny 2, it's going to be just like it as it is now. I think it coming to PC puts all those worries to rest about it being not you know far too similar to vanilla. I think it's going to be significantly better, um, and I also think it'll be significantly larger just out of the gate to satisfy the people that are going to flood the game on PC. Okay, so as far as the the PC goes, I, I believe, and I've said it from the very beginning, it was coming out on PC, and I believe that, right? If it comes out on PC, and I've also said that it's going to leave this generation, the, the current consoles, behind, right? Even though they say it's going to be playing on it, they're coming out with the Scorpio for a reason, right? It's, it's, it's going to be closest to a PC as possible, but it's a console. And everything that we get now on Xbox One, when it comes out, when Scorpio comes out and Destiny 2 hits the market whenever it does, okay, it's going to run beautifully on the Scorpio. It's going to run beautifully maybe on the PlayStation 4 Pro, whatever the hell they're calling it, okay? And then it's going to be on PC, and PC is going to outweigh graphic-wise whatever the Scorpio can do and whatever the consoles can do in general, right? They're going to have sliders. They're going to have different view, field of view, hopefully. You know what I mean? It's just going to be far superior as far as that graphic-wise and everything. Now... What they're talking about in the Kotaku as far as there's going to be more towns, there's going to be more places. So instead of flying up into to space and then flying back down to a tower, you're literally going to be running across the world on Earth, run to the fucking tower like it is World of Warcraft. Okay, I know we're not comparing the two, but I'm going to compare the two with, a, with the MMO because that's the way this game needs to go. They need to make it closer to an MMO, MMORPG, okay? So when you're playing the game, okay, you're literally 
constantly leveling up. And once you hit the raid, okay, and you have the max level stuff, the raid stuff that you get from there, you now become legendary, and now everything in the game becomes harder for you. So once you hit max level, technically the game starts for you. It doesn't end for you because now you can play the whole content in super hard, right? And now you're getting completely different gear than you would have gotten if you went from 1 to 60. Now you're you're flipping it back over, technically, right? Now you're going from like 60 to like, let's say 100, okay, level-wise, but it it could flip, whatever whatever you want to call it, okay? And now you're digging in deep, getting better gear, more, like, just kick-ass gear. So when you're in the social space, the tower, and there's not more than just 16 people there, and there's thousands of people in the town, okay? And they're all looking for groups and raids and, and whatever. That would be amazing, okay? It will be the first MMO World of Warcraft type thing in first person, okay? Which would be phenomenal i know that everyone's gonna be out like they're going wait there's games like that no there's not games like destiny first person shooters as good as it is okay as a, as big as world of warcraft mmo style go ahead sarge what i don't i don't think they can do it that way because the sweet spot of, of this game the sweet spot of this game and and by far the reason why you keep playing it it's been talked about several times is the gunplay yeah the gunplay in this game is by far the best gunplay I have seen in a first-person shooter, and I have played all the first-person shooters, okay? Everyone since the beginning, okay? So now, to put that into a game where you have that many people on the screen, I'm not sure you can maintain the frame rate well, no, and no, no, the no. skill to keep the gunplay to be that yeah, way. No, no, no. If it's going to be that way only in the social spaces, you're, you're going go to you go into instances. You go to instances, of course. But I, I don't think you can have like a massive battle done that way because the gunplay is key. You could do something like 32 or 64 people in like in a patrol. Like if you're doing a patrol area, you could have more more people on the, on the screen with you. You know what I'm saying? But if there's like a boss fight, like a public event that happens, they can always make it an instance. So whoever's around that area okay gets drawn in and you, you go into a certain section and then it maxes out at like 20 24 32 or whatever that's that's all instances that's that's not a that's not a, a bad thing i mean i would like to see it happen now, I, I think that i think that the, the difficulty of keeping do you know how hard it is apparently it's very hard to duplicate uh goodness okay when you have this kind of gunplay in this kind of game i'm concerned if they can duplicate it i'll be gonna be honest I, maybe maybe it was just luck. Maybe it was just luck with the game engine so. that they used that, that the gunplay ended up being this good. But can you duplicate this with a brand new engine and a different new set in a different new setting? That's hard. That's not just car. We're not just copying. They don't just copy files and move them over and keep the gunplay. This is something that's that's going to make or break it. I mean, you gave the, the main point you guys keep playing this game is the gunplay. Oh, it certainly isn't for the story. Yeah, all the stuff that I, I say, the gunplay is the best I've ever played. Okay, and it, it's the most visual, stunning game I've probably played as well. I mean, now, the problem that Destiny or Bungie could have in the future is because, of, because they're so successful, and this game is now looked upon the gaming industry and going, they got something here, right? Now it's going to be replicated and duplicated, okay? Other companies are going to try to come out and do what this game is doing, okay? You can see it. Like, Blizzard, I mean, Activision, they work really close with Bungie, <laughs> right? Who's to say 
and someone said it in chat, if they made a game sort of like Overwatch, right? Sort of themed like Overwatch, but they made it like Destiny, right? Where you're going about leveling up your character, you're getting the gear, and it looks as visually stunning as Overwatch does, right? That could make a huge chunk in the market, okay? Because it's it's a carbon copy of it, okay? But now it's bringing in a different thing. Let's say a Star Wars game. Like, let's say Destiny took place in the Star Wars universe, okay? Instead of you being a, a shooter or whatever, you're you're a smuggler, or you're not like a Jedi, but you're you know you're in that realm of Star Wars. That would be that would be an awesome game. People would go, oh wow, that's just like Destiny, which is fine. You know they can make that reference. That's that's the problem that Bungie's might have in the future here in the next couple of years once Destiny Two comes out because they've been working on this game for at least two years. I know they just announced that ninety percent of everyone at Bungie is working on the new content. Let me let me tell you, they've been working on it a lot longer. They just announced it to you that they are now working on Destiny Two. You got something in your eye there, Sarge? You okay? Yeah, I'm losing my contact. Keep going. Um, so the PC, I believe, is going to do it's, it's going to make this game better. But at the same time, it's going to also leave everyone on the Xbox One in the pasture. All right. And you're going to have to buy <laughs> by year two, Destiny <clears throat> two. So like the second year in Destiny two, whenever that is, whenever it comes out the year after that, you're going to have to go move. You're going to have to move to the Xbox Scorpio or you're going to have to move to the PlayStation uh, you know, uh, Quattro, uh, whatever the, you know, I know it's, I, so I, I, I believe that's what's going to happen. I believe this system that we're on now is going to be obsolete within the next three years. Well, when did Xbox One come out? Three years 2013? ago. Yeah, three years ago. 2013. So if what you're predicting happens five years in, in the cycle, you know, if it, yeah, if it happens in 2019 or 2020, I mean, that's seven years. Isn't that what we got out of the 360? Didn't we didn't get about we got seven 11. years. We got 11 years. <sighs> Wow. I mean, to a certain extent, I think the the life of the 360 and the PlayStation 3 was largely linked to no um, no technological pressure. Right. And I think that exists now. Right. There's this <clears throat> there's this back and forth and Twitch, too. I mean, I, I think Twitch illuminates people who think consoles are great and then they see somebody playing something on PC and they're like. The division looks totally different on PC. Overwatch looks totally different on PC as far as the smoothness well, right. and the frame rate. Graphic cards you have and stuff, yeah. Right. And so I think that the video game culture's consciousness is being sort of awoken to the idea that what we have on consoles to a certain extent is pretty weak compared to what you can have on a PC. Now, what that doesn't mean, though, is that we suddenly become PC gamers. Right. It means that the demand and expectations of gamers are changing. And so my hope would be, though, that this graphical focus doesn't start overriding because you hear all the talk about the, you know, the resolution and the frame rate and everything right. else. And... If we don't get 60 frames per second and the resolution goes up, we, we haven't we haven't actually advanced. We haven't gone anywhere. The game experience is still going to feel choked by this idea that we, if the lighting and the graphics and the in the in the in the you know the dynamic rendering and all this stuff increases, that all that just makes for better games. That's just like such a false promise right. of good experience. Right, right. You can look at you know you can look at the Order eighteen eighty six for proof of that. It was a beautiful game that had nothing in it. It was there was no substance, and so I I think you're probably right in your prediction about that life cycle, and I think that's probably okay. I mean, if Destiny two launches in twenty seventeen, and I gotta buy 
you know, the whatever advanced version of it or the or the, the update for it or the DLC for it in, in 2019, I got to buy a new system for that. I think I'm okay with that. That's right. not bad. I mean, seven, six to seven years out of a console that cost me, you know, $400, right, $400 yeah. is pretty good right. compared to a gaming PC, which would, you know, if you really want to go all out, people are like, oh, you could build a really good gaming well, PV, PC for 800 yeah, About a thousand, mm, about a thousand, thousand, twelve. Eight hundred to a eight hundred to a thousand. That's double the cost of what right. it cost me to get my Xbox. Now people are like, well, you got to include a controller in Xbox Live. You even if you can grow, even if you include that, it's still not a comparison. It's more expensive. But you can watch to porn. Buy you can watch porn a, on your computer. You can't watch porn <laughs> on your console. Well, I guess you could now, I guess. Uh, yeah, the Xbox has <laughs> had a web browser on it since it launched. Yeah. So, uh, is that all your points there, Sarge? I think we're running short on time. No, no, we're good. We're out of time now. It's okay. So, that, look, you had a lot of good stuff there with as far as the uh, the PVE goes. I, I, I wish, I wish they had some of that stuff in the thing as far as the faction wars and as far as the uh, I'm gonna call it the McCluskey zone where where they, you had those different control zones that you had in there. I think that that's an, actually a really great idea. That would be amazing if they put that in the game. That's stuff that could be done. With current stuff, not I, inventing anything else. The last thing I want to say about Destiny is, I, I just the the one thing it's missing is, yeah, there's raids, and at the end of the raid, once you do the raid, like once you do hard mode, and I haven't done the raid at all yet, the newest raid, right? I'm supposedly going to be doing it in the next week or so. Um, but once you're done with the the normal mode, and once you're done with the hard mode, like there really isn't anything to do now. If you're one of the lucky people that has the RNG gods looking down on you, and every time you play the game, you just get like the best role you get like the best thing there's no carrot at the end of the stick once you complete all that stuff because you're just like well, what now i guess i'll just help other people play where games like world of warcraft you know once you beat the raids there's there's harder levels you know what i mean so what you were saying before as far as the raids uh the old raids um it would be nice to have and it's not even like to get more gear it's just to see if you can complete it right it's like uh insane mode right so you have to go back and do like the vault of glass and in insane mode with the best gear that you that you've gotten from the regular game it'd be nice to just have something like that out there uh because like sparrow league racing and stuff that comes in that's just you know fun little stuff to to fill in the the time in between content but they definitely need to god i, I hope they come out with some content sometime in april they have to do something because if there's nothing if there's nothing left until Destiny Two comes out, I think they're gonna you're gonna see some struggles happening in like March. There's been a lot of predictions that we're gonna get something in April that's gonna be going back into the old raids because be I, you know January there'll be nothing, February will be Crimson Doubles, March will be nothing, and then April there'll be an expectation of something. Right. So yeah, I'm hoping. All right. Well. That'll do it for today's show. This is episode 60 of Generation X Gaming. Our host, uh, our guest host uh, today was Say No to Rage. Uh, go ahead and tell them where they can find you, even though pretty much everyone in here is from your from your your uh, community. Yeah, I mean, Twitch, Twitter, YouTube, or Facebook. If you just search Say No to Rage, you will find me. I am the one and only. Uh, I stream every day, do raid helps. You guys, most of you probably know that. If not, come in, get some help. I'm on a podcast every Monday at 8.30 p.m. Eastern with 30 as one of my co-hosts. Uh, and that's, yeah, I think that's pretty much it. All right, cool. 
Um, you can watch, uh, I stream every single day of the week. Uh, Mondays, I stream on Lono's podcast that he just said, uh, the Rages Roundtable. After that, I don't have a normal stream. Uh, but Tuesdays, Wednesdays, I stream from 8 p.m. to 2 a.m. Uh, Tuesdays and Wednesdays. Thursdays, we do Generation X Gaming every single week, unless there's a hurricane or a natural disaster happening. Um, and then Friday, Saturday, Sunday, I go from 11 p.m. to 2 a.m. Uh, so hit that follow button. We appreciate all the support and all the people that followed or if they were fake or real, whatever. I appreciate you guys. Um, see you guys in the next one. Have a good one. Take care, guys. Combined, they have over 65 years experience. Join them each week as they discuss and rant about gaming and entertainment news. This is Generation X Gaming.